by this old lady who immediately, as soon as, like, I answered the phone, she was already fucking upset with me because my headset was, like, go cutting in and out. Which, now and then, sometimes it does. But I think it was her because she was also cutting out, in and out really bad, on my end. And I was just like, how can I help you? She was like, I want... I think she said she wanted movie tickets to Taylor Swift. Movie tickets? Yes. And I was like, okay, well, I was trying to, like, get more information what? from her. What did she mean, movie? Did you mean concert tickets? That's what I thought. I was like, oh, do you mean, like, a movie or, like, a show? She's like, oh, a show. I'm like, okay, like, concert? This woman was not fucking helping me at all. I was trying to get information because with my company, we have... You know, if we have, like, music artists, we have all of their fucking 30 kinds of tours. So I went to Taylor Swift, and there's, like, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift versus someone so Taylor Swift, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, do you know which, like, do you know which show it is? Like, do you know the name? Is it, like, this one? Is it this one? She's like, the Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, ma'am. What grandchild fucking demanded this of you? I was like... Well, we have many different products. And she immediately starts getting, like, fucking upset with me. She's like, ah, like, what is this, like, site? And I was like, is this such and such for these members? And she's like, ah, don't you know anything? I'm like, man, we have, like, 30 products. I'm just trying to figure out which kind of show you want. And she's like, I need it for, I need it for this. I'm like, okay. So I, like, look at the first one because I'm like, I don't know which one she wants. Yeah, you're not savvy with Taylor Swift. How are you supposed to be? Yeah. So I like I look at that first concert just to see what locations are. I'm like, I'm sorry, ma'am, the only ones we have is showing she has a show from like here, here, and here, but no location she wants. And we keep talking, the audio's not great. And then she's like, bah, bah. And I think she says something about like, oh I want it for like AMC. I'm like, oh, okay. So I try looking, I'm like, well ma'am, do you know like if it's a special feature or something? Because our tickets have exclusions for that. And she starts getting more pissy. She's like, I saw it on the TV! And I was like... Oh, fuck me. Like, anytime I tried asking more questions to figure out what she wanted, because the thing is, a lot of our products are non-refundable. Yeah! So I was like, I'm just trying to, like, ask you questions, because we have, like, a bunch of different products. I do not want to sell you a show for fucking Tokyo. Okay? Yeah. I will happily sell it for you if it gets you to shut up, but that ain't gonna be what you want, and then you're gonna be upset at us, because now you got a show for Tokyo that you can't go to. And then I'm fired! And it's like, I'm not, I, I get graded on my calls, okay? Like, please just throw me a singular fucking bone. So, like, she wants someone else, so I'm like, well, I'm kind of like, I didn't know how to handle that part at all, and she, like, asked, because we don't really transfer each other in our department, like ours that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm kind of like the only one, but let me see what I can do. Let me tell you what And I start asking, like, my group chat, I'm like, what do you do when a customer, like, doesn't want to fucking talk to us? And my manager starts sending memes about Taylor Swift because they're like, wait, hang on. She told you she saw it on the TV? And I was like, yes, I'm trying to figure out what she wants. And I figured out it is movie tickets, but I don't think it's any we would have. For Taylor saw, Swift? Apparently she's got a movie. The only reason my manager knew is because her cousins, or I think her sister or something, were just talking about it. Oh, thank goodness. So she's like, oh, yeah, she has a new movie. And I'm like, well, you think the lady could have fucking said something to me? I'm asking here questions, and she's expecting me to know. Like, my manager DMs me later, and she's like, I'm sorry, the Swifties can get aggressive. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. She wants to see her girly, but, like, I'm just trying to do her job. 
Yeah. I'm trying to make sure she gets the right show for her girly. But apparently the old lady ended up hanging up on me. Which I did not call her back. I was like, that's fine. Because I even told her, I was like, oh, like, you can try, like, calling back this number again to get, like, a different agent. So I was like, Click. I can't really transfer you. I'll see. I'll see what I can do. But she was just working, like, she was not helpful in the slightest. Of course she wasn't. She's old. Yeah, she was just like, it's on the TV. Don't you know anything? And, like. Also, yes, I'm being ageist. Ask me if I care. I fucking do not. No, some old people, honestly. Like, I have a few old people that I've called before, and they've been very sweet and helpful. And sometimes, you know, they're a little technically challenged, but part of my job is like, hey, I'm going to help you out. You have access to your email. I'm going to email you this link. I'm going to help you set up this account so you can get your rewards and shit. Like, yeah. I help them set up. Yeah. And very. most of the time, that's all they need. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. Please don't hang up on me. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to stay here. You let me know what happens on your end. And we're going to try to figure this out. Okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going to hang up on you until we get you set, signed up. And you can get your discounts and everything else you want. I can't help you further from there, but, like, I can help you get into where you're trying to get to. Mm. And sometimes that's part of my job. But she was just, like, so she mean. was not having it. She was already upset from the get-go at the fact that the call quality was bad. And I was like, that's, that's not, not your my fault. fault. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, if my other phone calls I've had have had basically zero problems and this call has issues, that's not my problem. I'm trying my best to she was just like already irate at the start and then she refused to like help me with any of the questions like girl i don't know who you think we are or if there's just like a magical one taylor swift only thing but we have like 50 products for her okay i need to know what it is you want to see from her i need to know if we even sell it and if it's worth it because i'm not going to sell you a product that isn't even going to help you okay that's a thing we do if I'm going to sell you tickets, and then you can't even use those tickets for her specific show because it's a special exclusion. Why would I sell them to you? You can't even use them. Or you'll be upcharged or something. Like, I I need to know this information so I can help you make the best decision and save money. Yeah. But no, she wasn't having it. And then she hung up, and I was like, great. And I was kind of, like, in a mood for, like, a little bit of the rest of my shift. Fuck her! Oh my- Oh yeah, no. If I were- It was just, like, that fucking atmosphere she brought. It was only ten minutes, but those ten minutes were enough to, like, ruin a little bit of after my shift where like I would just kind of think about her fucking tone with me and I was like good luck because I'm the only white person you're talking to when you call back it ain't gonna be someone in America you're talking to and if they sell you a ticket no offense to my call center agents but they may misinform you or sell you the wrong thing because of course if you thought I didn't know they don't know they have to google that shit and look it up I was almost about to start doing that I was gonna start googling like what the I didn't even know she had a movie. I didn't either. That is real deep cut. That is very, very deep cut. And like, she could probably call another agent, Damn, and that she... agent might be new in training or something, and sell her a regular movie ticket that she can't even use. And then guess what? She'll be pissed. What if Swifties are just like? Apparently, they're aggressive. Are they all like that? I don't know of all, but like, apparently, I have heard that like in our company, when it comes to Swifties and the products for her. Sometimes they're like, they're quick. They want to see their girl. And if you're not helping them see their girl, they ain't having it with you. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, fucking Taylor, tell your bitches to chill out. Okay. Taylor, come get your girls, please. Like, relax. Really, truly. Um, anyways, good followers will know that. Hang on here. Also, your sunglasses are in here. Yes, I know. 
so good listeners who listened to our last episode have probably heard by now my editor's note. By the way, that episode was supposed to be posted like weeks ago. I just kind of left it because we were trying to figure out what we could do. And then in the end, before we recorded this one, we were like, you know what? I'm just going to post it, put a little editor's note, because we lost a whole fucking section of our last episode, which was talking about the House of Leaves, the book we're going to talk about today. Um, so we're going to have to like start from scratch. Yeah. Which is okay, because I think we kind of refreshed it, and we also kind of went through some things, and now that we've been reading more, I think that's fine. Yeah. That's totally so this fine. episode can be like, book talk. Book talk. Also, I will talk about that. We can actually- I have to bring that shit up again. If you'd like, mm-hmm. we could do a quick, rather 60. than 60 seconds, because we don't talk- we. When we have things to talk about, it does not, it, it is less, it is in fact more than 60 seconds. Yeah. So we can say like 300 seconds, 300 second obsession. So that's five minutes. <laughs> yeah, five. I think that's about how long it might kind of take us. Yeah, five minutes, talk your shit, and then get into the meat of it. Okay. All right. Um, uh, do you want to do yours? Oh, I would fucking love to. So first, I would like to preface this by saying I am an obscene reader. Uh, by which I mean, I read anything and everything. If it has words, odds are I'm gonna try to fucking read that shit. Um, it's a bad I'm habit. I read movie dick, like. Yeah. Look! Look at this! Look at this! That book is one of the, the hardest ones to read because that shit's like. Shit is stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Like I literally have footnotes. A hundred years from now, someone's gonna find that book and they're gonna see my writing of Ishmael. Shut up, <laughs> narrator. Fucking put a sock in it. Too much. Anyways, uh, let me put a five-minute timer before I get into this. Oh, yeah. I so guess that, that would be a good way to make sure we actually keep up the... Yeah. 300-second obsession. Stopwatch, one clock timer. Okay. Five minutes. Ready? Yep. Go. Okay. So, I read a lot of isekai. Isekai, just to give you a quick overview, is when you die and then you reincarnate into a new world, blah, blah, blah. Isekai itself means new world. So, um, so I'm reading this one and it's like, oh yeah, I'm a game developer. I'm helping, I'm the support, I'm tech support. So I'm in charge of handling all the bugs. I log in as an NPC character that the player can actually interact with in game. And I'm in charge, so like in game players report to me an in game NPC for about bugs, right? I thought, wow, that's really cool and inventive. I like that. Yeah. She works, so, but the gaming thing that they're on, it's like a whole VR, like, sort of online type deal, yeah. right? So she goes in, she's like, oh my god, I have been literally working at this fucking game. The game itself is impossible because the, uh, the companion types that you can get and the enemies are AI. So they learn from past, uh, from past experiences with players and with every new iteration, they are harder and have, they don't have attack patterns. They think and as to how to fight. So it's very hard to, it's a very hard game to beat. And there's also like a ton of bugs in the game itself because it has all this encompassing shit. So NPC guy is like, oh my God, I've been literally working at this forever. I would like to go to bed. Thank God I work from home because I would literally have to be sleeping at the office with the amount of work I have to do for this fucking game. They get a notification that's like, hey, there's a bug in the newest version. Can you please go in and fix it? And she's like, what the actual fuck? Fine, I'll go in. She goes in. You know how like 
um, DS. Remember when DS would have like that thing that's like warning, blah, 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 all this stuff. So she gets that message and it says, warning, um, shit will happen to your mind and body if you keep being in the VR pod. Mm, like she's been in it too long. She's been in it for forever because she's been working on this game. You know, she's working on it ad nauseum more than like a regular player would be if they were like not no lifing it, you know? So she goes in and for two in-game years, her memory is wiped and she's just been living the life of this NPC character, right? Until the company just... Hold on, hold on. Okay. Two years in-game, right? Outside of game, it's 24 whole hours. So finally, when she like comes to her senses because of some mishap, you know how, well, you don't, but like normally it's like, oh my God, I remember the past life after I tripped and fell on my head. Oh my God, I had a near death experience and I memorized my past life. I had a horrible fever and I memorized my past life. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, she goes in, she's like, holy shit. I've been in this game for two fucking in-game years. It's been 24 hours. I haven't eaten anything. I haven't eaten and drinking anything. I've been in this pod. So it for so she's like, holy shit, I need to talk to I need to complain. I need to I need to tell, you know, the GMs. Um, so she goes to another NPC. NPC says, Oh, actually, um, it's after hours to complain about bugs. So you have to wait until outside game time is still within the hours. And it's Saturday. So Ain't no business hours on Saturday. We know how it is. People just playing in that game. Yeah. So she's trying to kill herself over and over to try to force herself to log out. Because for players, if you die in the game, you just go, do you want to start where you were? Or do you want to just leave the game? You know. So she's like, okay, maybe that'll happen to me. don't get that. Because she's an NPC. So NPCs are immortal. When NPC health goes down to 10%, she's get sent, she just gets sent back to where she was. If she tried jumping off a cliff... Again, NPC, it puts it back on top of the kit. So finally she reaches a GM and she's like, hey, I've been stuck in this game. Can you please send someone to get me out of the game? And she's like, yeah, we'll send. And so the manager's like, yeah, we'll send someone to your house to just unplug the set and get you out. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Um, some time passes. She's like, hey, what happened? And the GM's like, yeah, we sent someone to your house, but there's no one there. There's no one home. The pot is empty. You're not there. Did you log in somewhere else? She's like, no, there's no fucking way. And so she goes, okay, can you report me missing? Right? You know, please report me missing. My body's gone. My body's out there somewhere. Please help me. I don't have any family who will come and report me. Fuck, are you kidding me? Okay, she says I don't have any family that can come get me. The guy explains we can't put a we can't submit a missing persons report for you because according to Korean law, only family members can report missing people, missing adults. And even that, and so I was like, but she's an orphan. She's an orphan with no fam with no living family members. So if she's so she's missing, no one can report her missing. Not her, even her friends can report her missing because they're not blood family. And so I'm like, what the fuck? Is that true? I look it up. Yes. 
according to the privacy law, the, there's like a privacy act in Korea that says if an adult that isn't that doesn't have any mental deformities or whatever is missing and the family wants to get their information out there, the police cannot put that information out because the person in question does not consent to having their information out. So family goes to the police, hey, my daughter's missing. Police goes, oh, okay. Sorry. That sucks. That super, that super sucks. She's like, they're like, okay, can you put her information out there? Can you put her picture out there? They go, no, because she's not, because she needs to consent in order for information to be put out there first. Okay, but she's missing. Period. That's like, that makes me think of like, because I know we have this kind of, not quite in that sense, because we can actually report. That's it. That's all I had, by the way. Um, but lots in other places, or even here, are interesting sometimes, because some of them are fucking really stupid, and they make loops. Like, I've heard of, I think this is anywhere, I know Japan had it, I think we've had it here, but like, say to make something like a bank account, you need a phone number, but then to make a phone number, you need this, or like, you know, yeah. when you need something, you, you need to do one specific thing, but you need information for it, and to get that information, you need to have the thing you need. In order to have a, in order to submit a job application, you need to put your place of residence. If you're homeless, you have no place of residence, and so you cannot apply for the job. That per, prime it's example. Like a it's a fucking vicious. It's on purpose. It's legitimately on purpose. I don't know about what's going on in Korea. I have no idea. Y'all need to get that shit figured out legitimately because I, there was another case that they cited where it was like oh yeah this family of three the ten, a 10 year old and then her parents were reported missing and only the 10 year old's information was put out because according to the child protections act if a child goes missing or if a minor goes missing they have to put that like it's like, like an amber alert right but for the adults none of their information was put out not even the car they were in and they found that car like submerged in water later like, bro, <laughs> who are her, what do her parents look like? Guess. What, what, what are their names? What are their ages? What do they look like? No idea. No clue. Hope you know, hope if you knew them, you knew what their child looked like, because that's all you got to go off. Literally. Like, oh, I hope you have family members who fucking care. Because if you don't, you're fucked. And that's it. I, that, that fucking blew my mind. I was so flabbergasted when I read that. And I was like, that's not real. Every place has a stupid law. And, like, the premise of it, you get. Yeah. Like, I get it. Maybe if you were trying to disappear and you wanted to ditch your family, then, yeah. That's, you do want to make sure they can't put your shit out. That's also, you. that's also part of the reason why they have that privacy law in the first place. But it's so detrimental to, like... It's detrimental to every other actual case. Like, for the one person who actually was ditching, that's great for them. For everyone else who's, like, a victim of something... That makes that shit hard as fuck. Yeah, the article I read cited that, like, even if they're, even if the family suspected foul play or some sort of endangerment of the life, the police still can't do anything. Because, I mean, I understand that, like, family members can lie. Family members are pieces of shit, and they can lie. Oh my, but, oh my, there has to be another fucking net for that. There has to be something in between. Like, I mean, usually if people actually disappear... Who is it that reports them? Their family and friends, because they know the person and they know, hey, wow, you know, I haven't seen Ox around lately. And when I went there, the apartment was empty. Like, that's not usual. That's not how they are. I think I should report it. 
Yeah. Also, if you do report me, um, please mention the fact that I'm fucking mentally ill. Because if you, if they're like, does she have any, you know, history of mental illness? And you say no, trying to like, you know, cover for me, they won't look for me. They will not look for me. Also, don't mention what I look like. Because <laughs> they also won't look for me then. <laughs> No, I think I know how I like mine. Yeah. Or I think, like, I know what details to say and what details I know mine, they can be like, oh, you won't rush. Please, God, make sure that they know that I am at risk. If I'm missing and I don't give you, like, a message beforehand, like, hey, I'm going to go radio silent for, like, five days. After the sixth day, call the police. Please. Like, I almost did on you. Oh, you did? Oh, when I, when I got hospitalized. Do you mean? No. When you went to Rooks and then you were like, Gave me no info. You just sent me an Uber driver info, which told me nothing. My bad. I was like, hey, tell me when you get home. Give me your, give me the address or information. You sent me what you sent me on it. I asked for information. So if I did not hear from my best friend, I would know where you went. I know whose door I should be knocking on. Very angry. Well, you hear me actually pissed for the first time in your life. You would have witnessed those noises for me. No, instead what you sent me was the most Vegas ass like car trip that just showed like point A, point B, not even addresses. Oh my god. Just car. I was in a car. In my defense. And you never texted me and I was like, alright, I'm about to go to bed. Here's some security questions just to make sure that no one has your phone. Yeah, after I me. Yeah, after I got like brain blasted, I I pulled up I was like, where is my phone? I have to look for that shit. I haven't looked at it in the last three hours. Uh oh. Type 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 type. <laughs> What's my middle name? You don't have one. Wrong. <laughs> I was like, but you know what? That's fair. You might forget that fact. Here's a different one. And you answer the second one correctly. What is your middle name? Catherine. Oh. <laughs> you were like, you don't have one. I was like, I definitely do. But then I thought about the fact that, like, when we were in school, anytime any of the teachers said my government name, none of you would recognize it. And I was like, you know what? Okay. Maybe that was a little ambitious of me to ask what's my middle name. Because if you were actually being held against your will, and a person was like, hey, what the fuck is your friend's middle name? You'd be like, I don't know. She doesn't have one. And, you're, and they'd be like, why is she asking you that? I legitimately thought it was like a trick question. <laughs> I was like, is this a trick question? You don't have So should I put nothing? I'm going to type nothing. She said that's wrong. Fuck. <laughs> like, are you lying to me? The kidnapper's going to be like, are you a bad friend? I'm like, what? Uh, here's the second question. What was my first dog's name? Oh, Emmy. I was like, okay. I think that was good. Emmy, the rat dog. Because I think I left those questions, and then I was like, if I don't see anything from you tomorrow morning, I'm going to figure out something. I'm going to get the police involved. That is so funny. I was like, I better wake up to something. And I did. You did follow through. I woke up, and there were text messages. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm trying I'm trying to be better about it. It's not... It's a work. It's... Yeah. I well, now I have so-and-so's address. Yeah. So now if you ever do suddenly go missing, and I know you probably went there, I'll be like, all right, I know we're going to pull up. Any other dates, bing, 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 give me bing, the bing. address. I know, I know. Now oh, you like... know what I'm asking for. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. That's hilarious. All right. Can we do my five minutes? 
Oh, please, yes. Here, I'll set it up. Ready? Yeah. On your mark. On your mark. Ready? Go. Go. Alright, so I didn't get to talk about this. Oh, no. I did talk about it. The episode's fucking gone. Yeah, book talk. Book talk. Those bitches. I fucking hate book talk. Very specifically, there's very few book talkers, or rather, I guess, not even book talkers. I think there's this one dude I really like who does different horror things, and occasionally he might bring up horror books, too. And I think there's another one who maybe does actual horror books. But most of the time, when someone is recommending a book on book talk, you know, TikTok books, audience uh not um, book talk t-a-l-k which is what we're doing book talk t-o-k when you're on tiktok and then someone's like oh my god this book was so fucking sexy or something right. those bitches don't know what they're reading they don't i maybe i've just been spoiled by the fact that i got into fan fiction so early we you mean very young so young yes we were chill we i was around with the lemon days and everything oh don't even talk to me about lemon on Debian art, a little bit of that, yeah. Woo! But I first started on fanfiction.net. Oh my, Debian art, Debian art was my first. And then there's a little bit of Wattpad, but Wattpad didn't really feed what I needed. Wattpad was bad for fanfiction, but when it came to original fiction, Wattpad was the fucking end all, be all mm-hmm. when it came to original fiction. And the original smut, off the charts. And then I found an archive of our own, and I was like, oh my. This is where, like, all the mostly good authors went. And then we were home. Because there's some that are like, eh, or, like, you know, babies on there. And they'll usually say, they're like, hey, this is, like, my first one. Please don't mace me. This is my baby fic. I'm trying it out. I'm like, all right, all right. I'll be gentle with you. Yeah. Everyone else is like. English is not my first language. English is not my first language. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, ah, this is going to be the hottest fucking shit. And I'm going to cry my eyes out. Yes. Reading about how Captain America and Iron Man are falling in love. Oh my god, me with fucking any of my hero academia. Any time. They write those characters so fucking well. I'm like, are you part of the writer crew or something? Like, where are you during the movies? the The way they can fucking write about trauma and healing from trauma and like how other characters react appropriately to that trauma. But anyways. Yes. To Book Talk's point of view. I have given up reading most of the books they recommend. Only because some I was having a kick, as you remember. Yep. Where I was like, I kinda wanna like get more into romance books or something. I wanna get into like adult smutty books. I don't wanna just keep reading about Captain America. Yeah. I was like, I wanna read maybe original characters or something, getting down and dirty. Yeah. But with the down dirty levelness of the Captain America fix. I can actually I actually have something that I can show you. Okay. From it's original and from Ark of Our Own. It's about dragons. Hmm. Dragons. Dragon Riders, in more ways than one. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I was, like, going through there, and I was looking, and there's always, like, there's two kinds. There's, like, the ones where they, like, show the book cover or something, they're, like, they kind of give a brief synopsis or something, they're, like, ah, he's got two dicks or something, and it's hot, or there's the mafia or whatever. That's it? And Just two dicks? And then there's the other where it's, like, um, a line from the book or something. And it is maybe, like, a hot line or something, but... Yeah. That's, like, the best line in the book. That's it. And so I would look at these or, like, I'll find reviews for them. Because I'm like, oh, I want to, like, know more. And the person's like, yeah, so I read this book. Um, I don't know why they thought it was hot. It's about a 19-year-old and her 40-year-old teacher that, like, grooms her and rapes her. Uh, wait. Why they thought is that, that hot. Is that something Valentina? Maybe. I don't remember the author's name. There was a few. There's a few. 
There is one, I know that there is one specifically where it is, it has that kind of motif, but it actually is more realistic in which it's like the quote unquote love story and then it's her grown up like and then being like, oh yeah, we were in love. It was a fling. I did consent. And then realizing that other people ca- like came out about the ab- the abuse no, later. No. Oh no. This one is like the teacher gets it with the student and like he yeah. ends up marrying her and getting like her pregnant and that's happy ending. Ugh. Like there's no there's no her like coming to grips with it. It's that's what it is. I read a manga like that, but it was like it was supposed to be more pure hearted because it's like oh me and my brother are fucking parents died and none of our family members want to take us in and the government wants to separate us. One of the book, one of the YouTubers reviewed this one where this family went camping. Okay. And I guess uh, the daughter, like, heard the mom and dad having sex one day or something and Ew. she, like, kind of got into, like, the noises or something. She was like, oh, that's kind of hot. I mean, but never went into it and then apparently they had, like, a big car crash or something. Mom dies. <laughs> seconds plus yeah <laughs> the mom dies or something and it's just the dad and daughter like left in the woods like as a survivor uh-uh. and he uh-uh. tries to fight it and he gives in very, uh-uh. very quickly. what are you talking about the daughter takes over mom's place what She's the like, fuck i want to get fucked by you dad. no he falls for it but then it's okay because the author adds like near the very end that She's adopted, and she gets pissed about it. The daughter gets pissed. She's that upset she that she's adopted. adopted? Yes. Is she crazy? She was upset that she was not actually her father's blood child. What? Like, that's how that book was going. And then they, like, go back in the woods to live. Like, I guess the dad's, what was it, uncle or something? Brother? Didn't she have a brother? Wasn't it? Her brother died in the accident. Oh, my. But, like, the dad's brother or something, I think, like, found them in the woods or, like, brought them supplies. And they had, and like, like, hey, kid. you, like, want to not be doing this? And they're like, no, we're happy. And he's like, okay. Did nothing. Call the police. The book was supposed to be like, I don't even know if it was a dark romance, but it was Is like, this like a thought piece on something? Does the author want to talk in a fucking alley behind a Denny's? I guess. It was one of those books where my, the reviewer was like, I'm calling the police. <laughs> this author, I'm calling the police on you. Literally. Because oh like, I like my dark stuff. That's not, that's different. That's yeah. not the same. There's a very, I feel like... When it comes to book talk, and when they talk about dark romance, me and them, we have very definite, we have very, very different definitions of what is a dark romance. My dark romance is like, like we talked about in the episode before it got deleted, like, what was it? The stalker, or like serial killer, but like, he'll kill everyone else but you, or something, but like, there, what was it? Haunting Adeline. We were, I, I, there is, I did talk about a book from book talk that is about that, and it's okay. Like, the smut's good, but I hate the fucking character development. The character development the is fucking stupid. was getting, like, a redemption arc for some he's, reason. Yes, yes. But his, he's still being, like, evil with the girl. Yes. His whole thing is like, ugh, the fucking darkness of the world is fucking crushing me every day. Time to go torment a woman in her house alone. Yeah, like, he was killing... He, yeah, sex-free he, he's, but then he would also be stalking his love interest, the woman. Breaking, he's breaking up pedophilic sex, human trafficking rings while also tormenting a woman in her own home. Like, pick a struggle. 
Are you an anti-hero or are you the villain? Yeah, like, when I'm reading something, if there's going to be, like, a villain or something, I don't want him to have a redemption or something. Like, I want him to just be fully evil, just do his thing. Lean in. Be fucking for real. reason, he's like, yeah, I really dig you. I'm not going to kill you. But at the same time... I will. I want that threat of always possibly being on the fucking chopping block yeah. while I'm getting like fucked. Like, he has some maybe weird rules or something where it's like, I don't know, like, say if you go talk to the media about me, I'll fucking kill you. But I really hope you wouldn't, because mm-hmm. I love fucking you or something. And the girl's like, you know what? This is a really good dick. I guess I won't go up to the police about you. Please don't kill me. I would love our sex dates to keep going. Yeah. Like, something like that. Keep it dark. Don't have her be just fresh out of college or high school. Please. I'm not reading an adult romance for there to be... With a baby adult. Yes. I would like actual 20-year-olds plus more. Give it to me. Yeah. Like, if those are going to be dark, I want dark and I want savage. I don't want weird mafia incest stories. What are your thoughts on dubious consent? I fucking dig it. Yeah? Okay. What about, like, dubious consent plus hate fucking? Yeah? Okay. But, like, so I'm always, like, disappointed. Because, obviously, I'm coming from Archive of Our Own, where, like, the writing's great, the smut is great, mm-hmm. to these books, where the most spicy thing that happens is maybe double penetration. Maybe. That's it? That seems to be the most that I can see the book girlies, like, they stop there. Oh my goodness! Like, oh my god! Well, Dick said something and she did a spit roasting. Ah! And I'm like, yeah, what are you bitch. About? I fucking hope she is. Like, is that not a normal Tuesday for you? Do <laughs> you don't read Come that? Another side of town. You don't read that with morning coffee. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's this girl I love who has gotten herself somewhat not into book talk, but critiquing book talk. Yeah. Because she was the one that said, like, she's. Uh, stitched someone was like oh my god red white and blue was oh. or something and she was like what did we the fuck are you talking did we read the same book yeah because i'm sorry what like she even had one where she was like the spiciest thing i've seen is maybe a mention of double penetration just once pretty small and that was it and that that was the hype and everyone else was like in the comments they were like you had the ones who were like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean that's like vanilla in your term? What? And then every other comment was like, yeah, I gave up listening to these people because DP is too much for them. <laughs> and I wanted those. I'm like, yeah. I think I commented on her thing. I was like, oh my god. I was like, when they say spicy, it's not even enough to warm my cheeks. No, you literally, I've read three, or rather, I've tried to read, well, no, that's a lie. I've read three different recommendations from Book Talk. I have made it through, uh, I think I told you about one, Flirting with Monsters, I think so. that series. That series came from TikTok. Um, and I made, I made it through like three books. <laughs> oh my god, I read three books, and the best I got out of those three books was a threesome in book two, book three. And then a fourth guy, a fourth monster showed up and I was like, oh my God, he's a fucking shapeshifter werewolf. Give it to me, give it to me now. Oh, I'm sorry, no, he's a hellhound. 
give it to me, give it to me now. And it's like slow burn. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? It's whatever. But ain't shit going on in that fucking book. Ain't shit. And like the romance ones I have seen where there is some shit going on, it is either at the very end of the book or very later into the series. Mm -hmm. So you've really got to fucking read to even get to the good stuff. And then the good stuff is short. And another thing. I don't like the way they write reverse harems. I think they suck. And that they're bad. Yeah, like some... (laughs) Yeah. Alright, so you remember how I told you about the Sinclair... Her her Hades and Persephone story versus the vampire one. Yes. Is that on TikTok? Uh, I think Hades is on TikTok. Mm. Some people will mention it. Okay. I've seen the cover floating around on there, and that one I can actually attest... It has okay. That's pretty good. This one's, like, simple, but it's good. Body worshipping. You know, it's like, it's love making. (laughs) Like, the story, the characters, and the bits of smut that there are, they do blend really well together. Like, Mm -hmm. I can dig that. Mm -hmm. But there's, like, there's basically two different sides to her, from what I can say. There's the books that give you the characters, they build up the world, they give you the story, and then they have some good little sex scenes here and there. Like, and it feels like natural. The, it feels the like sex, that is how it would go. Yeah, the sex isn't, like, the main point of the story. Yeah, like, it is good sex scenes. And when it happens, there's, like, some build-up to it. It happens. And you feel good about it. You're like, alright, yeah. Like, they didn't immediately bone upon seeing each other. Like, they had attraction. Love it. But they didn't just go right into it. They're like... The tension! The tension! Yeah, yeah. And then they get closer and get to know each other, and then they get to the point where they're like, they can't take their hands off each other! Yes. And then there's a vampire book where the Arthur is so horny while writing it. Oh my god. <laughs> that every writing rule went out the window. Like the vampire one, where it's like, the premise is supposed to be she's getting married to the vampire, and she's supposed to get to know him, and she realizes he's not a monster, as they say, or whatever. Beating the beast. Forced proximity. Yeah. But when I read it, because normally forced proximity is fucking so good. This was not. This was like, in the first ten pages, she already met the vampire in the woods. She was like, oh, who's that? First chapter. Stranger. And then he shows up on the next page of the castle. I thought they were fucking fighting. I thought elves and vampires in this story did not fuck with each other. Why? They're not elves. They're humans. Oh, they're humans? Yeah. Okay. She's a human. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. You you know that there are vampire camps because I did read that part. You know that there are vampire camps in the well, vicinity. I that part to you that the dad is making a treaty with the vampire. Yeah, and she's like, and then she's like, oh my god, who is that hunk of a vampire over there? Like, don't you don't you not fuck with these guys? I know you're having she a didn't treaty. She was a vampire at first. Uh, she just thought it was like a hot man that stepped in, and she's already kind of pissed. Also, I kind of hated, like, the captain character that, like, shows up because she's, like, fucking the captain. Yeah, I or saw that. Or he's, like, way more into it and wants, like, something more. And she's, like, Can calm you... down, dude. You were just a dick, okay? Like, I'm not marrying you. Yeah, I don't buy the I don't buy the pig just for the sausage. Yeah. That's what a, I think, there was, I think, there was a councilwoman in Asia that said that. I was, like, because, like, one of the questions was, like, oh, why don't you get married? She's, like, shut the fuck up. How about that apples? But so... <laughs> Oh, make a wish. It's an eyelash. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What'd you wish for? The family. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll pull another one off. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Damn. If I knew that, I would have been making so many wishes. 
You didn't know that? No. Yeah. I think I do vaguely remember it, but anyways. But no, she like... So then the vampire shows back up, like, in the next page, and it's just like... There you Yay. go. <laughs> Don't move. Think. <laughs> Twelve eyelashes fall off your eyes a day. I'm picking them bitches off. I feel them fall out. Sorry, continue. But so the vampire like shows up and it's like, oh hey, it's hot girl. And she's like, oh my fucking god, this hot dude who ended up being a vampire but didn't like eat me is the fucking vampire king, hello? And then I think he's like, hey, like, you know, we'll do this treaty, but I got another like bonus to add to it. Can I marry your daughter? And the king's like, no, it's my baby girl. And she's like, no, Dad, it's okay. I have to get married to him for the humans and vampires to have peace. And they instantly get married. Like, first chapter or something. Like, they're already getting it going. And just the pacing and everything, I was like, all right. I I mean, I... I can't vibe with this. I can allow it. I can allow a hasty marriage. If the marriage isn't the main focal point. If the main focal point is them being married, I can understand a marriage being done in one to three chapters you know that's fine if it's like if it's like forced proximity yeah a rushed marriage would make sense because if it's for like a political thing blah 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 you want to get the treaty done they just the pacing was barely there like you barely got to know her and like her life in the kingdom besides what she fucking like says like what she just bombards you with she's like oh here's the kingdom yeah that's the king yeah all right can i get like some relationship with you and your dad so i feel a little bad that you're getting married off to hot vampire dude it's a go fuck him it's a lot of telling not a lot of showing yes that's what turned me off like as soon as i was reading i was like okay is this a textbook show me I was just like, wow, we're really trying to, like, get into it. Like, get you in the same room with him so you can start witnessing his humanity that he forgot about. And, like, maybe it would have been good. But he's a vampire. He's not supposed to have humanity. The whole point is to love him despite the fact he's a monster. Shut the fuck up about humanity. He's I a vampire. like, I need... Let me get this off the table. As I was going through, I was like, I'm... No. Like, everything about it was just... The way Hades and Persephone was versus how the vampire one was... Even if the vampire wasn't written super great itself, and it just was not hitting the same. I was like, is this the same Arthur? Because what the fuck? And what's crazy to me is that they're both technically... Hades and Persephone is forced proximity. That's its whole thing. He literally puts a thing on her and it's like, hey, you gotta make some life grow under the underworld or else I'm keeping you. Literally. And she ends up falling in love with him. That's... Wait, do you know if one came out before the other? I don't. Well... Because I know that you said that you were waiting for, I think, book three to come out or something. Or, no, that's not true. You weren't. No, I was going to buy, I think, only book two because they had book two and three. Mm. And I was like, oh, I should just get two and get third later. And then you can just maybe get both. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Because you finished it, right? No. No. I'm going to switch Okay. Um, one last thing about book talk. Uh... Yeah, I think out of the two of us, I've read more book talk recommendations simply because I would like to branch out from reading just smut on my phone um, and reading smut on my Kindle, like my grandma does, like a classy lady. That's I think my... I do like smut, though, because for one, unlike books, 
our cover of our own has tabs and like tags and everyone's pretty good about it so they actually tell you hey this is what's going to be in here so you can actually like kind of filter out like hey i'm really in the mood for like some armor kink tag any fic that has that will come up or you're like, everyone's great at tagging or you're like yeah i'm not really in the mood to read about dubious consent blah 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 etc yeah so like, you can avoid things and you can you can curate what kind of mood you're in to yeah. read which i like the problem with books you're gonna get what you get the problem with book books is that you can't authors don't I don't know if it's, like, because they don't have that, like, etiquette from writing online. They don't, ta- they don't write stuff with specific motifs in mind. Like, they try to pepper in as much as they can. Basically. Like, and there's no rhythm. it's very aggravating. Uh, prime example, uh, recommendation number three that I took, and the last recommendation I took from fucking Tumblr, not Tumblr, uh, uh, book, talk. book Talk, in terms of smut, is Den of Vipers. That, oh. I've, I don't remember if I've watched the review, oh. but one of the people I've watched, they talked about that one. They're like, yeah, fucking Den of Vipers, bullshit. Like, they were talking about another one, but they, like, brought that one up. They're like, yeah, if y'all remember this one. <sighs> yeah, she's fucking correct. I don't even think I got, like, more than halfway through that book before I put it down. Because it's, A, forced proximity, reverse harem, and, um... Do you like Diabolic Lovers? No. Okay. Uh, that was an anime about a family of... A, a, a horde of brothers who were also vampires. Um, and then one girl who was, like, their main source of feeding. Um, and all of that gothic bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of the same leg as that, where they're all a specific type of yandere. But the, the female main character really... Had my hopes up. She's in her late twenties. Um, her she doesn't fuck with her dad. She has a not she has a father figure that she inherited her bar from. She holds her own in fights. So cool. I Can love they, her. Like, kidnap her or something. Yes, they do. Like, I watched yes, the review then. Do you remember? Because one of them's supposed to be like crazy, but he's not actually. Crazy. He's fucking stupid, is what he is. He's dumb, is what he is. I did watch your video. The more we're talking now, as soon as you said the bar, I was like, that's right, she had a bar, Mm -hmm. it was like her thing, Mm -hmm. and then it just gets fucked off. Because here's what happens. Her dad, who she did not, who she stopped talking to after she was, like, 16. Sold her to them or some shit. I got sold to One Direction. Also, it's said in the UK. Real quick. So there are parts, also the culture shock of reading shit that's based in the UK that is also about crime is fucking hilarious because literally they're like, how did you get a hold of a gun? Like you have friends that helps you get guns. I'm like, is it really that hard to get a fucking gun? And then (laughs) you have to remember, wait, wait a second, swipe, swipe, swipe. Let's go down to the gun store. Yeah, literally you can't. (laughs) We have a fucking gun store. There's a gun store 10 minutes from my mom's house. I would love to have been a kid in Britain, like, reading any crime stories from here, because can you imagine how mind-blowing that is? That is so... How do they get all this shit? It is so... What do you mean it's down the street? It is so cartoonishly, like, violent, the way we are so easily able to just get stuff from a store that can decimate a population. Um, but yeah. So, with that one, dubious consent, um, also... I don't know why. 
But after, like, three weeks of being with those fucking guys, for some reason, she's like, you know what, I'm already here, I might as well make, do the best with what I can. Do one of the, oh, I don't know how far you got, but do one of them, like, put a knife hilt in her butt and then, like, fuck her and stab himself? You know what, I... That's later in the book. That's crazy guy, I think. Uh, that definitely is crazy guy. Okay. I would not put it past him. That's... That happens. Oh my god. You know what? I might just that open happens. it back. I might just open it back up. I might open that book back up just to fucking go through it. But no, because it's. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's four guys. I thought. I was like, okay, it's three. No, it's four. Is it five? It's not five. Um, what gets me though is that she like molds herself to match the personalities of each of these people rather than just being herself. Being herself. And, like, there's a part where she's, where he's, like, the crazy one is, like, I got this guy, he disrespected you, babe. We need him to get information. You want to help me? You want to come to my playroom? And da -da -da. and she's, like, yeah, I do. Let me help you torture this man. I think. I'm not. It it's not bad. And it's not bad. Like, yeah, sure, torture the guy. I don't give a fuck. But there's a way to fucking do it right. You know what it is? Yeah. What? Straight women. They mold themselves after their men. Valid. I've been there. That's what that is. That's why all those characters fucking suck like that. Because instead of being their own person, straight women. Sorry, y'all. But sorry. Straight women. <laughs> leaving the white part unsaid, but that's also included. Straight white women. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. There's some straight women of color who, you know, do allow their brains to go a little haywire. They do not keep a personality because from what they learn about toxic I'm gonna, everything. I'm gonna rinse this real quick. Mm. It's a pain when that's coffee sticks in it. They fucking mold themselves to their dude and they refuse to have a fucking personality. And that's why that character doesn't. And we over here are like, what the fuck? Like, there's a difference between brushing yourself up to impress somebody and then, you know, not being yourself at all to, like, keep your man. Yeah. Like, two different things. And straight women are fucking used to that. They're used to killing them, their personalities, themselves. Dull your sparkle. To keep a man. Yeah. That's what the Barbie movie's fucking about. No, it's not. <laughs> I hear it's about motherhood and it's, womanhood. It is about womanhood. It's about, I think, more than anything, it's about personhood. But most specifically womanhood, because it's Barbie. Also, um... There's a trans actor who plays a Barbie. Hmm. Apparently Ben Shapiro got really upset about that, but I did not know that until Ben Shapiro fucking brought it up. I, the only, I haven't seen the videos, but apparently he made two different videos like talking about Barbie. He was very, very upset about Barbie, and everyone was kind of shitting on him, because they are like, Bro, this you took dude made two videos about Barbie? This dude took, this dude, this dude annotated the Barbie movie. Like, if you did that much work, I think you like the Barbie movie. I think you like the Barbie movie. It's okay. You can like it. He did the we same. Liked it. He did the same thing for wet ass pussy. Well, because he's not used to that. I know. Um. Okay. <laughs> we got. We got to. We got. All right. Ah. Oh, God. We could talk about. We could talk about shitty books forever. I don't trust it. I trust very select ones. As soon as I see their face come on my thing, and they're like. Here's this horror book or something, and half the time it's always a horror book, not really a romance one. I think there's one or two where they say a romance, I'm like, okay, I know it's not going to be to my expectations, but I know it would actually probably be okay. 
Yeah. And it's usually like the monster romance people. Like, they'll come up and they're like, here's a monster romance. I'm like, all right, you're probably valid. They are. Um, that, that... Because that's probably as close to as, like, fanfic as I can probably get in the terms of what I need yes. to read. Um, real quick, uh, just for some context for the listeners at home. Um, Lexi and I hung out, uh, like, two days ago. So we went to a book... We went to Barnes & Noble. That Dragon X Human thing that I read... That, like, I glanced over. Yeah. That shit. That shit's. That shit could hold a candle. That's pretty good. It was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. The fact that it's straight smut just on the shelf like that is crazy to me. That means people do have the ability to publish that shit. I know for a fact. If they have other shit that they can publish, I know for a fact. They have to have. An actual spicy book that can get on those shelves. Yeah. It's just the authors that are in the romance section don't know how to fucking write that shit. Yeah. They don't know how to write it. If they do write it, they probably already started on fanfic or something and then made their own book and they just have it electronically or something. Like, they went a different route. Yeah. Than the people in the bookstore. Yeah. Except the one or two monster people. We're like, I'm going to make something for the monster fuckers. In which case, we already know, because they're making something for monster fuckers, that they know what's up. They know what's up. The fact that they're making it for monster fuckers in the first place. Exactly. They already knew the game. And thus, they're able to write that and put it on the shelf. Now, the book for this... House of Leaves. For this podcast, this uh, Two Gremlins, One Brains... Oh my god, did we introduce ourselves? Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) We are like, Almost an hour in. It's fine. They know where we. They know who we are. They know what we're up to. Um, so two gremlins, one brain cell. Uh, I'm Ox. That's Lexi. As you know, we're doing a book club for however long it takes us to finish this fucking book. Um, about the book is House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski. Please, for the love of God, I hope I'm writing that correctly. Um, and I just have some notes to say before we get into it itself okay. um now we kind of have we have to recover what we didn't what we covered last time that did not end up getting published yeah um but don't worry audience we'll take you through it we'll take you through it and if we don't finish what we wanted to finish now um we'll probably get to what we couldn't and then some in another episode yeah. this is probably this this book is probably gonna last us a, a, a season this is our this book is our season pretty much but i think we can get up to how far we read but since we've already kind of gone through, now we can, like, you know, go through things again a little faster. Yeah. So you might struggle to keep up a little bit, audience, but then once we actually get to the parts we last left off and then kept reading on, yep. it will slow back. Um, for those who are reading along, uh, please remember that this we are covering up to page 80. Um, if you would like to read ahead, you're more than welcome to. Some of us already have. He. He. <laughs> um, wait, how far did you read up ahead? I just out of curiosity. On page ninety-seven. Oh wow! You're, you're a lot further than me. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting into it today because I was like, "Fuck, I need, I need to catch up," and then I went further. Got to cram for finals. I feel you. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Um. So some notes that we would like to discuss at the top of the page is that we have two different editions of the same book. By which I mean, I have the two-color edition, the two-tone edition, and Lexi has the full-color edition. Um, if you want to explain the differences between all of the books and their yes, 
So there's four different versions. The version I have, the word house is in blue, which I believe it does it for the first three versions. Well, let me start with the incomplete version. The incomplete has no color, no braille. I'll let that sink in for a moment. And elements in the exhibits, appendices, and index may be missing. Appendices. Appendices, thank you. Watch how you read that without seeing it. And then the black and white version. Color is not used for the word house, minotaur, or stuck passages. Struck. Struck passages. Well, I'm sorry. No braille. Black and white plates. It's to mean a, a cross through, struck through. I'm sorry. The two color that Ox has, either house appears in blue or struck passages, and the word minotaur appear in red. Also still no braille color or black and white plates. The version I have, the full color, has the word house in blue, minotaur and all struck passages are in red. The only struck line in chapter XXI appears in purple. Uh, 21. And then XXXXXXX and color plates. I'm sorry, let me see. Let me get those, get those numbers. No, it's not numbers, it's literally just a bunch of X's. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, full color does not mention anything about braille. I'm assuming you have. I think I actually read ahead, um, and I do have braille, but it's not risen. It's just the dots itself. Mm -hmm. So I think you have the actual risen dots. Um, if that's not the case, and if there's no translation for it in the footnotes, once we get there, um, we'll have to. I'll have to pull up a uh, out the braille alphabet and figure that shit out myself. We'll find it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I have the incomplete version. Rather, um, the house is always printed in blue rather than. Um, no, you have the two color. Oh, what did I say? You did I say incomplete. That one has like nothing going on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have the two color edition. So um, what I like about it though is that it's either or when it comes to the colors. Um, so I have the houses in blue instead of the struck through being in red, and you have all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's colored. Okay. So far, I have not had any red, though. There will, it will come up. I haven't hit that yet. So far, everything has only been house in blue. Mm. And nothing else yet. Yeah. Also, but I'm sure the more I go through, the more colorful it will be. Because I think I did, like, kind of peek through, and I think I did see red. Mm -hmm. So, it'll it'll show up sometime. Yeah. And apparently, I'm going to have a chapter in purple. Oh wow, that's gonna be so cool. And I wonder what happens in that chapter for it to be perfect. It's gonna be so pretty, I bet. Um Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to get into this. Okay. Uh so real quick, the footnotes themselves range in importance, um, as does the original text. Um, by which I mean this is the writing of an old ass man who has no one to talk to. Therefore, exports all of his feelings onto the page. He's also a grandma. Uh, I think it is. I think it ever written somewhere one of our things. Um, he wrote it at the. He wrote it in the. In here, let me see here. Man, oh here it is. Was it not here? It's somewhere. Um, he, Sapano, the old man, we'll get more into him. Yeah. But he is, 
don't remember the exact word he used, but he basically, like, he has just a thing for spitting out fucking words and writing. Like, this man oh, got to write for the life of him. Graphomaniac. Yes. Where, yeah, he's obsessed with writing itself. To the point that he'll write on the back of a little tiny stamp. Yeah, actually, it says it right here. Um, let me see. Old napkins, the tattered edges of an envelope, once even on the back of a postage stamp. Anything and everything and anything but empty. Every, this man has words on everything. Words on words on words. Relatable. Um, so yeah. Uh, so now, I'll just go through my notes real quick. Up until where I start from the beginning. Yes. Um, so there's Sampano who, we'll explain more, but he writes this story. And then there's Haas, or George. What's Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Truant. That's his actual name, but he also goes by Haas. Yeah. That's the only name I ever remember him by. And he is basically decoding Sopano's work. It will get more into Haas. Yeah. That motherfucker. Um, so, the story itself um, is written in... Ninth, uh, the story itself takes place... The, the way everything happens starts at the end of the year. Um, New Year's Eve... Of what year? Oh, I'm sorry, 1996. Um, so into 1997. A month after 1997, um, Zampano himself dies. Before this, Johnny first hears about him from his friend Lude, who talks about um, how this fucking old man just gets up every day and every evening and walks around his apartment and pets the cats and blah, blah, blah. And I like to bring up my first note. Because I, when reading this, had misread Lube's name. What do you mean? I had read it as, who names their kid Lube? Already saw some interesting names. The house is already in blue. <laughs> and then as we, as I brought that up to you the last time, you were like, their name is Lube. And I was like, oh. <laughs> that makes more sense. Um, but there's already some interesting names. And I was like, well. Fuck it, I guess. Lube, the kid. Yeah. All right, so let me see here. Da -da -da -da. All right. Meet Johnny Haas. Uh, at the time of the start, he's couch surfing because his landlord had been confessed, had been convinced he was Charles de Gaulle. I had to look up who that was. Uh, he led the French forces in resisting capitulation to Germany during World War II, and he has an airport named after him. Um, so... I thought, I was like, huh, weird. Um, but that makes sense because he fucking makes a joke at how his landlord does resemble an airport, but an airplane landing on him would look just as fitting. And then he got kicked out, which is kind of shitty, but whatever, I get it. Um, good thing, though, because a week later, the apartment gets set on fire because the landlord says that a airplane ran into it, which is, I'm guessing, a lie because it was just his house and not the whole fucking street. Um, let me see here. During couch surfing, Haas BFF Lou begins telling him about an old man who lives in his building, enters Impano. He tells, he tells Haas he'll be dying, he tells Lou he'll be dying soon. Haas thinks nothing of the old man until he actually does die. At that point, um, at some time during 3 a.m., Haas gets a call from Lou saying, bro, you gotta come check out this apartment. This shit is fucking crazy. And Haas uh, is like, I guess we're friends enough that I'll go with you. Yeah, he's like, he's like, if there were anyone else, I wouldn't have answered the call. I wouldn't have left. But I did, because he's my best friend. Um, and there, uh, Lude begins to tell him about how they found him 
The landlord found him because someone else noticed that he wasn't going out and doing his daily runs. Lewd and a neighbor noticed that Zampano had not done his like morning or night routine mm-hmm. for like I think a whole day. And then the next day they're like, all right, I think this old man got caught. Yeah. And another thing that they noticed was that the cats themselves began disappearing. They only found two dead bodies of the cats. One, I think they both were mutilated in some I way. I noted him because I had the part about... Earlier there was mentioned when the paramedics show up for Zampano and they're like, wow, this is the nicest thing we've seen compared to like that sex worker ripped apart in the motel. And I was like, oh, is that related to like the missing cats maybe? Because um, one of them got like basically torn up and I think the other, they mentioned like the cats are missing and then the others that are found are like ripped apart and like kind of gorged. Mm-hmm. Yep, they got gored like up. A creature went through them. Which considering what they find, in Zampano's apartment. Makes a lot of sense. There are claw marks in yeah. his floorboards to which the police are like, that's weird. Yeah. And we won't think about it more. He's an old man. He died from old age. Yeah. Lude is also very, um, he's also weirdly shook from the fact that the old man died in the first place. Um, he goes, 80, he says, 80 fucking years old, alone in that piss hole. I don't want to end up like that. No wife, no kids, nobody at all. Not even one fucking friend. I think Lude's more like just upset of the circumstance of how Sampano died rather than like that he did die. Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing to mention, um, Sampano, with the claw marks I mentioned, because claws will be mentioned throughout the story here and there, Sampano did not have any injuries on him. It was only in the floorboards. I think it was like specifically underneath his corpse or something. Yes. He himself did not have actual wounds. Yes. He's also a blind motherfucker. Alright. Um Alright, let me read let me read this out real quick. Yeah. The paramedics who arrived conclude it was a natural death caused by old age and the inevitable kerplunk. You know? Like like when old Pierre finally you know? Um Yeah, literally. Not even the engine. It was like the bolts holding the engine in place. The bolts holding it. Jesus Christ. Fucking Dodge Intrepids, am I right? Um, Me and Aaron from Game Grumps have one thing in common. Our Dodge Intrepids fucked up. <laughs> fucked up! Um, compared to an earlier call where their sex worker was torn apart in her hotel room, they call it pleasant. Before the Goodwood people show up to collect Zampano's things, Lude discovers something that makes him call him in the first place. And so, let me see. Okay, found next to the body were seven to six inch long gouges in the floor. Under him. Not on him. Under. Not anywhere else in the apartment. Just in the floorboards. Just in the floorboards. Um, also, quick little, uh, little enter Zampano. First of all, he's dead. Dead as a doornail. Dead before the story even starts. Second, um, American with an unidentifiable accent. Um, obviously the name kind of gives away he's probably a naturalized citizen. But he has no ID or other official documents. Yeah, they don't know where the fuck he's really from. Exactly. And um, I think Sapano's stuff also does not help them at all. They're like, what the fuck is this man from? Yeah. No idea where this fucking guy's from. Um, and also a little bit about Zampano's apartment. It smells extremely layered, cloying, bitter, rotten, and mean. How does a how, how does an apartment smell mean? What does that smell like to you? I think it smells like, you think almonds? You think almonds smell like that? Did it smell like that? Me? Oh. 
You mean the way Amon left the house? Yeah. How would you describe that scent? No, Amon's was just dirty. Oh, okay. I'd say mean. I feel like mean is like, um. What I imagine, like, the back alleys would smell like, of like, maybe. I don't know. Let's say you're in New York and it's a very specific alley where, like, all the little criminals like to hang out. And, you know, everyone's hanging out, so there's, like, ash cigarette smells and everything. And it just smells like there's people here, and they will fuck you up. Okay. That's kind of what I imagine, like, mean could smell like. Okay. It's, like, the it's the smell of leftovers of, like, people being there, but people who do not have your best interest. Yeah. Um. That's the best way I can think of it. Yeah. Another thing, all of the windows, entrances, vents are nailed and caulked shut. The entrance themselves, yeah, they're all everything sealed. Also, Trinketville. Bro, this man had made bro, bro had bro collects knickknacks. Um, not that he needs them. I don't know what for. Not like he can see. Touch him. Touch him. <laughs> and his fridge was full of books. Yes, which I had mentioned in the last Lost episode. <laughs> Why? So I'm just gonna reference to it. What is? What would be, I mean, I guess to, like, m- mitigate mildew? That would make yes, sense? Because the fridge wasn't on, because there's no light or something. He just, like, stored them in there. Oh, no, the fridge was on. Was he just didn't have a light bulb screwed in. Because okay. I, I think I remember they, the way Haas described it was, like, kind of fleshy almost. And at first I was like, oh, they're, like, fucking Necronomicons or, like, skin books. And then it turns out they were just, like, braille books, which... I guess all just kind of. It makes sense. Same. It I makes guess sense that they. In a way. Yeah, it makes sense that they wouldn't have anything on the cover. Cause it's not like anyone's gonna fucking see what's on them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think there'd be like something on the spine though for like the person to feel. Yeah, but also but like. Never really gets that. Deep yeah, deep and like if you're just like glancing at them, they look blank until you see like the raised bumps on it themselves. Um. So. What Lude wanted to show Johnny were the words, because I don't have any other way to describe what they found. Um, let me... Collection of just writings. Reams, what does it say? Reams and reams and reams of paper. Of just written, endless snarls of words. So, bro was writing like nobody's business. Also, is it ableist to ask, like... How did he write that? No, I mean, just because you're blind doesn't mean you can't write or anything. No, I know that. I mean... But... Well, it's like the way I told you, like, with the post-it stamp thing, mm. where we were both discussing, off-air, how he could have written on a post-it stamp, and I was saying it possibly could have been, like, he just felt the size of it, and maybe we don't know, Sapana. He could have not always been blind. True. Very true. Because if he was blind from the star, I'm sure maybe they have their own way to write. Obviously, they kind of need a way to. Yeah. But had he not been blind from the start, he would have known how to write. At least probably enough by the time he went blind, got used to blind life. And then, when he starts writing, he just kind of figures out the dynamic of what he's writing, and then he just starts writing. Mm-hmm. And he probably either maybe kept like a finger or something, like try to track his line, or how I thought, he might have just kind of like written a little bit over each other, like the lines were kind of just blending together. Because Haas edits everything for us. True. We don't know how the fuck any of that really looked. He's just like, it was on everything. But he doesn't explain, like, oh, there's, like, the post-it stamp was just black. 
It's oh. like words. He doesn't get that detail. Handwritten and typed. So, all right. And then the typewriter, obviously, he can just yeah, learn by memory or yeah. have one of his girls. Typewriter has those bumps on them mm-hmm. so that you know where the F and J are. And then after that, it's just muscle memory where the other buttons are. So, yeah. All right. That makes sense. Plus, he had his girlies helping him, too. Because Sapano loved the company of young ladies. Yes. Not for sexual needs. He literally just had him help him write or read to him. Mm-hmm. And so probably when he was also writing, he probably just had one of them. He was like, hey, tell me where like, all these keys are or something here. And we're like, oh, this one's A, this one's B. And yeah. He just learned it enough to memorize. And then he's like, ah, And it's the 90s at this point. So, yeah, they still have typewriters about. So he could have easily gotten or his he's an old man, so he could have also just had one. You're right. He is an old It's not like he really would have to upgrade to digital age if you can't see it. Yeah. And I doubt they had as much accessible things as we probably have now. Oh, yeah, in terms of, like, Yeah. Have you seen that one guy, um... One Love? Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. He has, like, his little glasses that, like, read to him, like, what a bill is or something. Yeah. That shit's cool. I love that. But, you know, like, he... Santana wasn't around for that shit, so... He had to get a little old-school creative. Missed out. (laughs) Um, among the stuff that they find, they find a letter. Oh my god. Okay, so I was wrong. It wasn't a month after New Year's. It was six days after New Year's. Because... pretty soon after that he died. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was a little, like, a little bit more after. But I am wrong. I am wrong. Um, so, along, among the stuff that they find with the words... They find a note left behind by Sampano a day before he died that says this. January 5th, 1997. Whoever, were you alive then? What? The 1997? No, 1998. Ah, okay. Whoever finds, my brother was two at this point. Whoever finds and publishes this work shall be entitled to all proceeds. I ask only that my name take its rightful place. Perhaps you will even prosper. If, however... You discover that readers are less than sympathetic and choose to dismiss this enterprise out of hand. Then may I suggest you drink plenty of wine and dance in the sheets of your wedding night. For whether you know it or not, you now you truly are prosperous. They say truth stands the test of time. I can think of no greater comfort than knowing this document failed such a test. Now, so... I think we had talked about the, that part, that he wanted it, like, not to be a cult classic... He didn't want well, it. He wanted this book either not published, or no, published, but not remembered. He yeah. wanted the shit to go down. Yes, he wanted. He didn't want this to become popular at all. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Santana. My bad. Um, but yeah. And at first you're like, man, I wonder why. And then he re- and then after him, re after Johnny like actually reads it. He realizes why. Because... He basically starts going insane. Yeah. Um, so he talks about how he took it home, and he talks about how, at first, he only read it, like, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, never more than an hour. And then one night... And then, actually, there's this, there's actually this one line that I wanted to talk to you about, because I don't think I understood it properly. Let me see. Of course, curiosity killed the cat, and even if satisfaction supposedly brought it back... There's still that little problem with the man on the radio telling me more and more about some useless information. But I didn't care. I just turned the radio off. And then one evening, I look over at my clock and discovered seven hours had passed. So, I don't know if he was using the radio itself as, like, some sort of white noise to, like, bring him out of it whenever. 
and then one day he just turned it off and in dead silence just read for seven hours straight. What page is that again? Um, XVIII, so 18. And, yeah, so he's like, and then after this... I'm not on the right page. What was it? X-V-I-I-I. I-I-I. Okay. I stopped at two I's. I was like, this isn't right. It's the, uh, one, two, third, third paragraph. So I think it could be, it could be like... Probably like the way I read sometimes, like when I was reading this, like I'll have a YouTube video on, not one that I'm going to specifically pay attention to, but something for noise, and then occasionally something happens in the video and it pulls me out. Mm. So he could have been using that because he specifically like seems to not want to read too much. So he's like, oh, I'll just like, I'll have a little background noise and maybe something will pop off. But then, and then finally, for whatever reason, he's just like, ow, fuck this noise. I but then he gets caught in it and he's like, oh. Yeah, that's literally. I'm I'm him after he turns. I use sound canceling headphones because I I live next to the highway and it sucks. Um, and also I live right off of a back roads highway, so. It's like one of those things where like maybe you want to like read or something, but you don't want silence. And sometimes you get into the groove and you get really into it and you don't notice. And then other times, maybe you like purposely kind of want to distract yourself, but you still want to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Um, so yeah, so after that, he begins to be, uh, I wrote it down so I can fucking say this properly. Blah, 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 relief, blah, 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 okay. These periods of dissociation become more and more frequent until he claims he's lost all sense of reality. He becomes a shut-in, and instead of smell, he's concerned about space. Um, I fucking, cl- I don't know why I closed the goddamn book. I wish- we mentioned that, but we were talking about how, like... Sopano and Haas's fear of whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what it is. Yeah. There's something going on with the writings or something with the house. Something is attached itself to Sopano and Haas. Now, Sopano, we had talked about because he kind of knew there was like something. Haas, however, can see it. Here it is. Or be not able to see it, but he can see it out the corner of his vision. Yeah. So it's like, which one had the worst time? The man who's blind and doesn't know what's there and only has his imagination, or the man who can almost see something but never fully see it? Yes. That's so... <laughs> and they're both, like... They're, go- they're going through the same thing, but they both have their own separate hell because one has eyesight. It's two different kinds of hell. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, let me see. Actually, he mentions it in the introduction, too. Um, but rather than a beast, he calls it a blackness. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. Um, I know a moment came when I felt certain its resolute blackness was capable of anything, maybe even of slashing out, tearing up the floor, murdering Zampano, murdering us, maybe even murdering you. And then the moment passed. Wonder and the way the unimaginable is sometimes suggested by the inanimate suddenly faded. The thing only became a thing, so I took it home. And this is when he brings it home. And then after, so like, there is obviously uh, an amount of time where he talks about getting sucked in and he's struggling getting sucked in. And then it jumps to after he's sucked in. Um, I just want to read this quick, real quick. He goes from like writing 
there's two different ways Hoss writes. There's him writing like as the editor and a little bit of like how we talk, like a little bit of like ADHD oh. brain. Yeah. Just kind of rambling. And then there's stream of consciousness. He's caught in whatever's going on. I actually mentioned, oh my God, I keep hitting this fucking mic. I actually mentioned, um, yeah, I called in my notes the way on, when him and Lude are on their way to the apartment, I called it a purgatory-like quest because that's what it felt like, where he's like, it was like I'm going into a crypt. It was like going down, 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 down. And I was like, okay. Like they mentioned the apartment just feels so much different. Like it feels like it's dead or abandoned. It is. it's not. Oh, right. Well, remember, because there's people living in there, but when they're going specifically to the Sopranos, the atmosphere oh, is different. Yes, yes. And they're like, what the fuck? This don't feel right. Yeah. Um, so he says, I haven't washed off. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in a hotel now. My studio's history. A lot these days is history. I haven't even washed the blood off yet. Uh, my still. Uh, fuck. Not all of it is mine either. Still caked around my fingers. Signs of it on my shirt. What happened here? I keep asking myself. What have I done? What would you have done? I went straight for the guns and I loaded them and then I tried to decide what to do with them. And the obvious thing was to shoot with was to shoot something. <laughs> oh my god. Hoss! <laughs> Hoss He gets like very I don't wanna say manic, but like he gets like he No, that's the word! He's so fucking like He's undiagnosed, legitimately. He's got something going on. I don't think it's because of the book either. Because he's also kind of a fucking loser in his regular day-to-day life. Because he's simp- at the time, he's simping over a stripper who wants deadass nothing to do with him. And then all of his, like, superiors at work think he's fucking useless. Because he is. Like Except when he's putting tattoo needles together. He's an apprentice at a tattoo shop. He's an apprentice at a tattoo, at a tattoo shop. And apparently he's my age. He sucks at sketching. All of his sketches suck, but he's he... He's great at putting the needles together. Yeah. Um, he's like, I can solder needles like a bitch. And his boss specifically is like, he leaves me alone during this time because he knows once I get started, I'll be making the best shit. Literally. Apparently that's the only reason his boss really likes him. Yeah. Let me see here. My notes were very sparse. But I can read up to what I had. Mm. Um, oh! Let me see. I think I can read until my notes here. Oh, here it is. With quick research, Hoss figures out that the story contained in the words doesn't exist, nor does most of the books, authors, and quotes. Um, also, Zampano's blind. Real, that's why he has books in his fridge and no light bulbs in his apartment. He's blind. He don't need them. But he is so deft, despite that. Like, being an old man on top of it. Like, have you ever met a blind old man now? They ain't got shit going on. I mean, most old people really don't. True. What was that? You're low on disk space. Okay. Uh-oh. No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. If anything, I'll delete I have, something else. I have some flash drives here if you if you need one or whatever. Um, um what game is it? I wanna sing my little song. Oh please. So I had mentioned earlier in my notes. Because my notes are very sparse comparison. I kind of just wrote very small key things or how I felt as I was reading. Yes, I like I wrote my things. Yes, please. So comparative to your analytical, here is my emotional. Mm. Where I was like, okay, it's the Nevison records now. 
the footnotes are not fully footnotes, which goes with my little song that I sang you were. Not every footnote is a footnote. Some footnotes are sentences. Some footnotes are five pages long. Yep. And then one footnote mentions something fucking spooky about the house. And then it never comes up again for ten more pages. <laughs> yeah. The footnotes are fucking bonkers. As soon as the first one starts, Zipano has a heart on for referencing every single thing. This is an analytical YouTube analysis, but this man cannot stop fucking referencing shit. He'll be like, I water is wet. Footnote 72. I it's some random book about the physics of water. I'm like, why the fuck do you need a reference that Sampano? I cannot I know wait. water is wet. I cannot wait to fucking get into these some to, to get into these fucking footnotes. I haven't like I don't get into them. I mean I left that to you. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. I had told you many times, I was like, I will read the footnote. I'll see what he said. I'll see if it's Haas talking, because Haas likes to talk in the footnotes as well. Uh-huh. And sometimes Haas doesn't also shut the fuck up. No, neither of them do. They're both fucking men. Oh, they're both lonely men. Don't know how to shut up. Yeah. But. I lost it. Uh, Haas talking. Footnotes. I'll read the footnotes, but I will not look them up. I refuse. If he's like, please see this book. I refuse to look it up. I don't care. Good thing. Because either one, the footnote references an actual book for one sentence that he mentions, or two, it's like a footnote kind of talking about like their fake book stuff in relation to the story or something. Like Catherine's interview, I doubt that's real. I'm not going to go fucking look for it. It's not. Yeah. That's not. Other um, ones, I'm like, all right, that's probably a real book. I'm still not going to look for it. Yeah. We can get into, I actually have notes for the footnotes themselves because I'm fucking, excuse me. When I mention footnotes in my stuff, it's specifically like footnote 44 and 45. 44 cuts off likely before the word killed, because that one, like, was talking about something. I think we mentioned that. Oh, yeah, with the XXXX. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Like, it starts and then it kind of stops off. And then 45 is Haas hoping that whatever smudge was blackening the missing word um, was hopefully ink. Oh, yeah, because he said that he thought it was ink because it was a, a dark blotch. But he couldn't tell for sure. Also, I didn't like... Well, no, you couldn't go to the police for that. Because the fuck are they going to do? Um, yeah, depending on the condition, even if they were, like, able to get anything from it, it might not be readable. Yeah, also, brown ink exists. So, it could just be ink. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I did want to say, I did notate that he did like female company. He ran... I wanted to note that he ran through readers... Like, H.H. Holmes went through contractors. By which I mean, if he did have these readers help him write this out, which we can assume that they did because a lot of them talk about helping him with the book to begin with, helping him with the Navidson record to begin with. Um, there, is one there is one character, one reader in here that she talks about how they just like read out different photographers names and just added them to the footnotes so he did have readers help him with this none of them are male all of them are female Haas very specifically like struggled and went to go find some of the girls and yeah some of the girls would talk to him and some were like no some of them fucked like yeah Haas also sometimes gets it down and i did Bro? mention something here Is i don't he think like... you got to this part okay hang on well do you want me to like, just kind of go through my emotional notes and oh. then we can like carry on? Yeah, Because my stuff is really, it's literally these two, because this part here 
I don't think you've gotten to. Mm. Have you gotten to Explorations 1 through 4? I just got to Exploration 1. Okay. I have not I have not read through them yet. Okay. I have read through them. How was it? It's going. Okay. Um, I stopped at the Exploration, I think, 4 or 5, because that's when shit actually is going to get started. I can mention those. I mean, I won't get super into it, but I'll mention what my note says, and you can kind of go off what I'm talking about there. Well, um, if it, let's just get, I think we should probably, we can save that for next time. Because we're, we are covering up to page 80. True. Well, in that case, I'm not sure, because I think, in that case, I'll leave those parts alone. But I think this here, page 80 did have maybe going into the hallway, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the end. That was right after. Okay, so I can read. Yeah. Up. I can read up to that part, because all my things are literally just emotional, very small. And then as I bring it up, we can, like, talk, because that's... Yeah, I actually have stuff that I would like to talk about on this, uh, going forward. I'll get through my little emotional things, because I'm just going to slip them in right now. Yeah, go ahead. And that way we can actually, like, focus on yours. Um, so I had... Nearson, footnotes are not fully footnotes, writing is shifting more, footnotes are long and Haas's writing crosses into them. Um, not fully related, but I recently learned about the city Hyderabad, India, and I read some Tiki, Ricky Tiki Tavi that got referenced, so I knew about that little weasel. You referenced Ricky Tiki Tavi? Yeah, it's in one of the footnotes. Or oh. no, it gets mentioned. They mention it in one sentence about Ricky Tiki Tavi, and I was like, I read that. That was so funny. <laughs> I read some of that. I know who that is. <laughs> And then the footnotes, 45, 40, 44, 45, I already said. The bookshelf in the wall. How did you notice the wall expanded? Please get your kids. Please get, please get your kids. Oh my God. That hallway initially connected to the kids and then it fucking did it. Do you remember that? Yes. Ugh. It showed up, I think, where was it first located? It was like between a hallway and then like the kids bedroom or something like you had to go through it to the kids bedroom yeah and then it just kept getting longer and longer why when that first showed up why did you still leave your kid why did you let your kids still sleep in there oh my god why did you let your kids go through the hallway i initially thought that the closet itself was in the parents room because i thought it was like it's in oh it's in the wall it's on the wall between the parents and the kids okay that's, okay, that's where I'm at. Um, please get your kids. And then I got to the echo math part. I sum it up, all that talk about it, I summed it up into like how it goes into like the uncanny kind of thing. Like echoes are repeating and to repeat is almost like human or lifelike. Like there's a difference between like patterns and nature and then like something, something unnatural trying to replicate it. Yeah. And I referenced, I said, think of the back rooms. Something repeating, but it can't quite create a natural pattern, and that in itself is creepy. Like, it's attempting to do it, but it's not doing it right. And yeah. it's doing it enough that you can notice it's not properly trying to mimic the right way it should. Mm. Um, or is it creepier that everything just falls into patterns? Page 55. I see what Ox meant. Haas really said, I'm going to go ape shit, and he aped. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Page 55. <laughs> Oh, 51. 51? I think that's the part where, okay. 
Does this imply whatever madness he's under? I continued. This is about when he talks about the section where he, like, kills his boss, but then his boss is fine on the next page. Aha, uh -huh, yes, yes! Because as soon as I read that part, I stopped. I didn't continue to the next page, and then I wrote, he went, I'm gonna go apeshit, he aped. <laughs> Literally! And then I continued. I remember reading- Just thinking about it. Yeah. Ugh. I went, does this imply whatever madness he's under is the same as Sopanos? Did the old man kill people? Or is this unique to Hoss? Was Hoss always like this? Or was it him going mad? Oh my god. And letting him slip into making his boss a new bowling ball. Lexi. The cats. Who did those cats fuck with? Some fandom. Who is the only one who could get close to them enough to do something as nefarious as that? Some panel. But then again, did the old man have things like that? Thoughts like, yeah. Did he also slip into moments where he seems to come back covered in blood? Or is this something unique to Haas? Because when we see Haas kind of talk about or slip into these moments, he's usually like covered in blood. But, well. Or piss and shit. Yeah. But Sapano, at least from any of his writings, has not mentioned anything. Granted, this old man is focused on talking about the Nevisons and their story about the house. Mm -hmm. But did he have moments like that? Or... Is this something that Haas is either predisposition, predisposition to, and whatever's happening to him is now letting that loose, or is this something that's now starting because of him being affected by the writings? Yeah. So that was my theory. Honestly, I kind of feel like he's always had that dog at him. Considering what I kind of read up to, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next page I was like, oh, boss man is alive? <laughs> or are we just skipping around? Like maybe Haas is bouncing back and forth. And then the more I read, I was like, okay. Imagining death because a hot girl winked at your boss. Okay, Haas. I gotta read more to see if the boss is really dead or if Haas was just daydreaming. Ah, <laughs> uh, daydream, huh? <laughs> <laughs> also, I broke my toenail while trying to read this. Jesus Christ. Really? I went and laid in bed and I, like, moved my foot back and, like, I felt something lift on my, like, pinky toe. Mm. And at first I thought it was some dead skin because, like, me and Anthony went swimming or whatever, so I had, like, some... And then, like, I moved my toe again and it hurt. <gasps> Some of my nail, like, was kind of broken. That's happened to me. That happened to me when I was a kid. I'm not sure what happened. I think maybe Sirius, like, sat on my foot or something with one of his nails and, like, dug in just right. Mm. But I don't remember any pain when he did it. So, mm. like, it only started as soon as I was in bed. I was like, when the fuck? This book is trying to kill me. <laughs> it's coming to get you. The killer. Anyways, I saved that part just so I could tell you about it. Thank you. Um, Haas is fucking smitten with tamper. With thumper. Thumper. Tamper? Thumper. <laughs> that man ain't got a crush. He's hydraulic- He's Wait. hydraulic pressed crushed. I gotta say something real quick. Uh-huh. She has a fucking name. He- Oh, he's the one who calls her thumper. Yeah. Because of the fucking rabbit. He didn't even bother to learn her name. He's manic- He's manic pixie dream girling this shit. Yeah. That's it. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say on that. Because, oh my god, that pissed me off. Um, I love footnote 68. The hallway changed location. Fuck if I know why. You right, Hoss. Yeah. He, he's really us in this situation. Like, he's us and then not. He has his moments. Um, Karen is claustrophobic. This may be the worst house to buy then. Where, you know... If it gets bigger on the inside, does it count as claustrophobia? 
Because it's supposed she to can't be enter when Navy when Navy first goes to get the kids because of the part where they get lost in the hallway, mm-hmm. which is foreshadowing to what ends up happening to fucking him. Scary. Karen freezes, and there's like a whole thing talking about like her fear and like some experiment she went through to like try to get over it. Yeah. But that's because that hallway at the time is like small, like it got smaller before mm. it breaks out. Mm. And so okay. she physically can't get in there. She probably could go through the rest of it, and she apparently does later on. Oh. But she's claustrophobic, and I was like, damn. For a house that can change size, you better not let that house find out, because it's you're going to wake up, and your bedroom ceiling is going to be, like, touching your nose. I think that, that house is going to fuck with you. I think that house smells already, actually. Um, it's testing Yeah. All right, now. I have just two more. Okay. Tom was right. That's Nikki's brother, for anyone. Um, we should see well, the names of everyone the characters. Uh, we'll, we'll get. I'll, I'll get into it. That's true. Yeah. So you guys will learn who Tom is. But Tom was right. Bitch, move. For real. For real. Um, question for Ox. Mm. What would you do if you bought a house and it just keeps switching up on you? Keeps making new rooms? Honestly, I might like it. I like it a little bit. No, you think you try to use them? Yes. Like, Damn, a new room. Okay, you still yeah. have shit in it. I would embrace it wholeheartedly. Like more. Like if I get it for like for me, my thought process is for free. What a gratis! Of course, I'm gonna use the house. Like I'll I'll make you know I'll work with the house if the house is willing to work with me. You know if. I'm assuming it's like, rather than it being like some weird liminal space type shit, like a spirit. Like, hey y'all, you already know, you already know me. I point to my altar of dead things, etc. Like, yeah, if if you want to give me more space, I'll take advantage, like I'll take a nap in that room, I don't give a fuck. Um, but I will also bring like a candle <laughs> or have like a tie, have like a put a door how, tie a thing of string and just take that with me as I go. If it fucking disconnects, then I'm fucked. Fishing oh. wire. Fishing? What they use. Oh, that's, pretty, that's pretty tough. I was going to use crochet yarn because that's acrylic and that's very hard to pull. I mean, it, it can be pulled, torn, but it's hard. So that's what they end up using. I'll leave it there, though. Okay. Um, and then, Navy, don't you know nothing good happens at 3 a.m.? And footnote 75 proves my point that not every footnote is a footnote. Names for days. Oh, we're gonna get into that. We will definitely get into that. And that, I believe, yeah, that stops me. There is a part in here where I mentioned, he's already watched Stranger Things. He's re-watching it and I'm not watching it. Mm. And there was a part in here that happened that I was like, ah! Stranger Things vibe, but I won't say it yet because I don't know. I don't think you've read up that part yet. Because I'm, that's in the exploration chapter that I've already gone through. Mm, okay. So I'm going to leave that there. That's my emotions from what I read. Um, as we go through it, obviously you'll connect where I've said my emotional pieces to your analytical. Mm-hmm. All right. So first up, we, I want to talk about this little snippet at the beginning before we get, before the actual title card of the Navitzen record. Um, it's a it's German that says Moose S sign. At first I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, but I looked it up. Uh, it translates to it must be. Question like it must be, like must it be? Um 
And actually, this is from Beethoven. Uh, the late string quartet, number 16 in F major, written in the last movement of the sheet music, is, like, under the sheet music itself, says, it says, Musa sign? And then in response, it's, es mus sign, es mus sign, as in, it must be, it must be. Um, which, I don't know what that's for. I'm probably gonna have to do more required reading, as in, like, listening to that whole fucking quartet. I'll do that later. So, chapter one opens up with a quote from the Beatles that says, I saw a film today, oh boy. Now, if you weren't born before the 80s, if you were born before the 80s, like the person who wrote this, you'll know what song that's from. It's from a song called A Day in the Life. I did not look into it any more than that, but just know that that's where it's from. So, it opens up acknowledging the skeptics who call the book itself a hoax, but that if the skeptics, but skeptics call it the most well done hoax that they've ever seen. I love, I think I did tell you about this during our last lost episode. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call that. Our lost, instead of our last episode, our lost episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because technically that whole part of the episode is now fucking lost. Like it did not save. It's gone. gone. That's so crazy. And you had the project saved, too. You look back at the project? I didn't have the project saved. Ah. Remember, because after a long time, I just stopped saving them. Right. So it's only the MP3, and it only saved that first half, that first hour. And all the rest of it, of where we actually talked into this, gone. Damn. Um. Yeah. What did you say again? Uh, high-quality hoax. Yes, okay. <laughs> just need to... Yeah, no, no problem. I love when I had first brought up this book to you. I mentioned that when people talked about it, they they talked about it in a way that didn't spoil anything. They were like, "This is a great book. It's crazy to read." That's like it. Like as far as I knew, this was a horror story about a house that's bigger on the inside than on the outside. I thought it was going to be like actually from the characters' perspectives. Instead, it's being the characters' perspectives written and analyzed. And I was like, damn, if this was like real, this is how it would be in real life. This if is this a- kind of stuff came out, people would be trying to figure it out. They think it's a hoax because why would it be real? But at the same time, some people are going to be like, that might be a little real though. Because like, how the fuck else did this, they do this? This feels like the, this feels like the granddaddy of Wendigoon analyzing analog horror. Yeah. That's what, because like it's VHS. It's absolutely analog horror. This is quite literally like. If we discovered the backrooms were real, if video got out about it, and then of course everyone and their mother was like, is it though? Is it? It might be. Because mm. like, you know, if that actually happened, how would people realistically react? Exactly like this. There's people who support it and think it's real, mm-hmm. and people who are like, no, nah, it's gotta be fake. I just don't know how, but it's gotta be fake. And I really love it. I was not expecting that. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. I see how it is. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, citing John Milton's Paradise Lost and the Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri, correct me if I'm wrong, Zampano states that the Navidson record serves the same purposes as those lines for the tree on Asheville Lane. Um, just Just to remind everyone um, what those lines are, from John Milton's Paradise Lost, 
Uh, regions of hell was nothing less than regions of sorrow, doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell. Hope never comes that comes to all. Thus echoing the words copied down by hell's most famous tourist. I love, one thing, I love that they fucking wrote it like this. Like, instead of saying John Milton and Dante, it's the world's, the England's greatest topographer of world satanic and divine. And then hell's most famous tourist. That shit is so funny to me. Um, real quick, though. Uh, the translation, they wrote the Italian... Er, is that Latin? Is that Latin? Nope, it's Italian. Um, the, he, wrote it, he wrote the actual quote in Italian, but the translation for the Dante quote is... Before me, nothing was created but eternal things that I endure eternally. Abandon, all, abandon every hope ye that enter now the way other people would like because like that's a very iconic quote but now we say abandon all hope ye who enter here because that's you know the translation depends on the person i actually have because i'm a fucking bibliophile i have john milton's paradise lost and the divine comedy so i double check these sources and they are that is correct like that is how it is because as we know some of the shit is fucking fake as hell um so yeah, and Navy himself urges watchers to take everything they see in the Navitzen record as the fucking gospel. Like, everything you see, take it as the truth. This isn't an allegory. This isn't some sort of, like, weird horror bullshit. This is the truth. If you find yourself anywhere near this house, just go. Don't even think about this house. I want to know about the previous fires, though. Because they mentioned early on that when the Navisons are buying this house, they had a realtor. And there were other people who did live in this house. However, there's like no information like really oh, about the previous owner. No, they did say something. Or no, they, they contacted one of the people. So yeah. They were more like, I don't know. It was like, they got one of the, one of the, uh, I think it was an elderly couple that they called and asked. They said, they literally said, it was too big for us. And that was just it? That was it. It was like, well... Too big as in, like, the house had ceilings that went 50 feet up? Like, what do you mean? Ceilings that you couldn't even see the ceiling anymore? You're so old that, like, you just didn't notice the horrors beyond your comprehension. You're like, what if that is the case? Darling, this house is just too big. Or what if it's like... I think we should downsize. Or what if... Or what if it's more like they were so comfortable and, like, happy with themselves as people and, like, with their marriage that they had no insecurities at all, so the house was like, you know what? I'll leave it alone. did mention a part, which I think I can mention even briefly here, too. Oh, please. Um, so when I read a little bit ahead, Navy says a part, and I, I won't say it, um, but he just says something, and I'm like, okay, so here's what I said. Yep. This isn't going to be spoil anything, because it's already showing itself now. I'm going to read it. <laughs> um, so Navy and Karen's relationship. Which we did mention the last time in the last episode, too. They yeah. aren't husband and wife. I'll go into it more, actually, yeah. Um, but, like, they're partners and they have kids together. Mm -hmm. And I just went, Navy and Karen's relationship is weird. And the way I meant it was, like, they love each other, yet it seems like sometimes they also wish they kind of didn't. Especially because Navy just says something. He basically is like, I love her. I kind of wish I didn't. But, like, yeah. he can't help but love her. They both, I think they both have that same sentiment. Because I I was actually, I would love to, I was dying for you to bring that up. Yeah. 
Because he mentioned something like in the exploration with all the new men that like enter the house, mm-hmm. like maybe kind of gets a little jealous. Karen's kind of just entertaining them. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Karen has also been known to not be good with commitment, which I find. Or out. they say at least. Like that one section, like that, like kind of sexist about her, or like slut shaming. Oh like, yeah, She's that was that was supposed to be a whole article, like that someone wrote for a like a series of essays. Also, her can sister you, like gave some of the information for that. Can you fucking imagine reading a fucking book of essays and just that shit shows up, and this is supposed to be like academic ac- academia, and you're like, whoa. But they, I wrote, so I said, they got issues and just exist, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. like, they both have their own issues, like, Karen has seemingly commitment issues. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, like, she very much wants to commit with Navy, but then, because of the way he is, she also kind of knows that doesn't work. And then because she used to be, like, a model and stuff, like, she's used to getting what she wants. Or, like, you know. To an extent. Yeah. Models are very... I feel like models are really mistreated in the, in the industry. But the way, like, the book kind of writes about her, mm. it's clear, like, she's always had attention. Like, she probably could go out and get any man she wants. And she doesn't seem to have issues with she that. She sounds gorgeous. Yeah. She sounds so beautiful. Like, the way they talk about her, like, she's a very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. I keep kind of imagining her as, like, a suburban mom. I keep imagining her as, like, Audrey Hepburn. That same kind of, like... You know what I mean? Like the classic blonde, when you think about it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, um, there's that. But then she also very clearly does love Navy. She wants to. And the Navy himself has his own fucking issues, as we get, like, into later. With, like, him and his brother have, like, a thing. But then they kind of, like, get brought together, actually, by the house. I still... Which is, like, the only nice thing that fucking happens. Yeah, I thought... Oh, my God. The relationship gets great, and then shit goes down. That's... Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So. Um, and then, like, you know, maybe he's, like, a risk taker, so he's, like, adamant to go do things. Oh, yeah. Karen does not always want. I'll touch on that, too, because that... Like the fucking hallway scandal he had at 3 a.m. It's actually very evident before the hallway scandal, too. Yeah. Um, which we... Which we will get into. Uh, let me see here. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, let's talk about the Navison record real quick. Initially, it comes out as two shorts on VHS. Cannot stress that enough. It's on VHS. The first one comes out months after they move in, which is in 1990. That's when recording for the Navison record itself begins. Also, background, Navy, our main guy. Oh, yeah. In this case. Um, we will... It's focused on the family. Yeah. His name is Will Navidson. We will be... I will be referring to him as Navy as we go on. Yeah. It's just so much no one, ca- no one calls him Will. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's either Navidson... Karen doesn't even call... Navy. Carrie doesn't even call him Will. She calls him by his last name. I don't know why. But so... When they move in... I don't remember... I think he just does it for, like, life or something. But he puts, like, cameras up everywhere, and he basically, like, just records little moments of their life. Mm-hmm. And they also basically blog sometimes now, and then him and Karen will have their own separate, like, personal diary journals where they're like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. You ready? You yeah. ready for this? All right. So, first it comes out. It comes out as two shorts. The first one, the first VHS tape that comes out is the five-minute, the five-and-a-half-minute hallway 
which comes out seven years before the Navitan record. So it's, in, as a series of events, they move in in 1990. Yes? Sorry, I just thought about the fact that, like, by the time these videos, like, come out and hit everyone, supposedly, at least from what I understand, they're fucking dead. Or I guess. They're, I like, gone yeah. by the time their shit comes out. So, like, there's no hope. There's... Even if there was a brief moment of hope. I think they are dead. They're gone. Like, it's been years like, that they fell per- victim to the house. My thing, though, is that I don't, I think everyone is dead but Will. But Navy. Because he's the only one that says, that gives this warning after the movie comes out. Like, and I think in the second, no, it's one of the shorts. He, like, there's a, there's a part where they talk about him, like, talking to the camera and he's like, I kind of lost everybody. Actually, it does mention in the fucking chapter right ahead of you. Um, it does kind of support, like, he, at some point, seems to be the only one left behind. Yeah. Because he gets to, like, there's something where he, like, mentions seeing the videos. I don't know. I don't know if you want me to, like, get into it. No, no, no. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. I promise. All right. So, because this is, this is all just, like, I'm just taking, I'm just saying the facts for our friends on the airwaves. Right? So, it's first, it's five and a half minute hallway. And then after that is exploration number four. Five and a half minute hallway is just Will Navidson showing everyone. What's up? Exploration number four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. So, five and a half minute hall. I think the exploration number four in here, too, in the chapter I'm in, is the same. I think but it like is. more detailed. Yeah, it is. I just kind of keep that thought. I was like, wait a minute. Hang on. I read exploration one through three, and I kind of stopped at four before it really went off. Mm-hmm. Here's four again. Yeah. So... Oh, fuck. Yeah, so what these two shorts do is initiate the intrigue of what the Navidson record itself is about. To the community as a whole, they recognize it as the teaser, Five and a Half Minute Hallway, and the trailer, Exploration Number Four. Because um, they think it's a film. Because they think it's a film, rather than a documentary, right? So Exploration Number Four comes out a year after Five and a Half Minute Hallway. And then two years after that, um, the Navidson record itself, is that what the fuck they said? Yes, nearly seven years ago, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Seven years ago from when this is being written, because, mm-hmm. this, is, because this is set to be published set to be published in 1997. So let me put that addendum. It comes out in da-da-da, then da-da-da, then da-da-da, right? Uh, two years after, yeah, that's right, math. So Five and a Half Minute Hallway is just showing the initial door that shows up and how that door cannot be going anywhere, how that door should only be opening to the wall, but it because does he shows you out the window. Exactly. He goes to the window, and it's just the yard, but yeah. there's like this mysterious hallway just in the wall that does not have anything extending from the outside. For reference, this is like what I think the layout of the house itself is. There's obviously an upstairs and then the downstairs. The door appears in the downstairs. Will show, like walks up to the door itself goes out the right, out that window, goes around to the front of the house. He crawls through the fucking window. Just to prove a point. Yep. He crawls through and out out one window. Out one window, around. the yard. Mm -hmm. Shows the back of the house and then crawls through another window to show that... To the same room again. To the same room again to show that there's no fucking way, that there's a way in. But when he opens the door, there's obviously a void. Right? That's That's how the first one is. Um... Then, 
Oh. He does it a few times, too. Like, yeah. open the door, close it, go around. I think he does it a few times before Karen's like, you better fucking step back. No, what he does is that he starts to move closer to the opening. Oh, that's, that's when Karen says, don't even fucking think about it. And then Tom, you hear in the back, goes, yeah, that's not a good idea. Exploration number four, the VHS. He also pokes his hand in a little bit. And oh, really yeah. And that, it's fucking cold. Yep. He says it's freezing in there, right? So then when Exploration number four comes out, it's a, er, the way it's programmed, it's like the way we look at the fucking Blair Witch Trials, where it's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Oh, right? Here's how they describe, um... Expiration number four. It's discontinuous, jarring, and evidenced by many poor edits, even hurried. First first shot is Navidson talking about how he's been in wherever for however many days. Then it cuts to um, Karen and Tom arguing about going to save him. Him isn't exactly... Yeah, go, at, go in after him, but they don't know who he's talking about. Then it's Daisy alone, then blah, 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 right? Daisy is their daughter. Daisy is their daughter. She's how old again? She's five. She's five. Chad. Eight. Eight. And Eight. then they have a husky and a cat. Yeah, but they're... The husky is the girl and the cat is the boy, but the cat has the girl name and the dog has the boy name. Which I thought was so adorable. Um, yeah. They get mentioned, like, briefly. So after this stuff comes out, then, quiet, two years after Exploration Number 4 comes out, Miramax, which is a real fucking TV company, by the way, Quietly releases um, in, assuming, 1993, going by the math. Um, from there, it's screened nationwide. It's not a blockbuster, but it's more like how Rocky was, where it kind of went around by word of mouth and by passing out the fucking VHS tapes with the teaser and trailer. And then someone obviously had the VHS of the movie itself. Um, and it's more of a cult classic. Books are written about it. Because so- they mention it's like just... I think they say it's like shared among friends or something first like intimate people and then it spreads out until finally everybody is actually getting like pieces of it yep 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 very correct yes 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 um let me see here books are written students use it for their doctorate dissertations and professors have it as a required viewing for film classes yeah. is that fucked up that's like having paranormal activity as a required watch that's like having a snuff film. <laughs> Except no one knows it's an actual snuff film or not. Yeah. It's like debated, but they still require it. Because, you know. Did Navy die? Did everyone die? Who could say? It sure fucking seems so from what we've read up to. Yeah. Something fucking happened. So awards from around the world are given, but the creator himself won't appear. Navy to never ex- appears for them. He doesn't appear. There has. The only thing we have from him, like, we have stuff about him talking about the Davidson record. But he, we don't see him after at all. So he writes out, like, it's commentaries like and everyone stuff. Everyone gets... There's, like, interviews with almost everybody. Yeah. But it all seems to, like, build up before that exploration. Or before something happens that they go into the house. Because then afterwards, mm-hmm. they never appear again. That's another thing or I want to talk about. people just kind of, like, stop looking for them. That's another thing I want to talk about. Everyone involved with this, including, assuming, the editors, no one talks to each other. No one has actually sat in the room with another person concerning the story as the story goes on. Like, yes, Navy and their, you know, ragtag team, they obviously talk to each other because they're 
subjects of the movie. But Zampano doesn't talk to Navidson. Uh, Johnny doesn't talk. Johnny hasn't met. Johnny doesn't meet Zampano until he gets his words after he's dead. And the editors don't meet Johnny in person either. Everything is done via letters or over the phone rarely. No one is connected. There is complete disconnection throughout, including within the characters of the film itself. So, like, it is a fucking study in disconnection. Period. Now, that's the first chapter. I want to talk about the footnotes now, right? If you turn to page three. Uh, no, uh, regular numbers. Okay. Don't make me count. <laughs> um, so, first footnote, um, is talking about how an image, like, an advent of digital technology might take away the authenticity of the subject, which is talked more in chapter 9. If you actually go to chapter 9, that shit is fucked up. I have not. There's been... This is the first. There's another one that also mentions chapter another t- chapter. Yes, chapter 21. I have not gone forward. Is it 21? It's either 21 or 19. I might, I, I'm sorry, it's, X, it's I's and X's. That's all I know. I have not skipped ahead to any of those chapters. Anytime the footnotes say anything, I'm not listening. I'm reading it. Oh, I have. I will get there when I get there. I have. I actually have stuff that won't be covered in further readings. We have to actually go to, because there are some stuff that they mentioned that are in the appendices that we can only read while we're going through the book itself. Um, So I did mark those because you said you weren't looking at the footnotes. So I did mark those so that we could talk about those. Um, Second. uh, I kind of debated those parts, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep reading at this point. Yeah. I'll get there eventually. I'll connect the dots. Yeah, this is a this is a good thing we got going. You read the big bits. I read every single tiny bit, and it sucks. Yeah. But I do it because I, I feel like at least I can analyze some of the actual writing. Like when you ask me my opinion on what something means, because mm-hmm. you're already focused on like all the other shitty little tiny details. Yeah, I'm focused on just what the actual characters themselves are doing. Yes, I'm and then occasionally I do notice the footnotes because honestly, I have to because Haas forces me to. Yes. Because he'll start talking, and then, like, I skip, I flip a page, and it's all Haas font. And I'm like, all right, he started. I go back. He started down me. That's a little footnote. I'm like, all right, Haas. As soon as I notice his print, I'm like, all right, take my bookmark, put it there, keep reading my section, come back, read Haas's thing. Yeah. Um, the second footnote. How long uh, is going to keep going until things get more wish-washy? I don't know. Yeah. Because I know the bookstore's to unravel, and quick, I don't think I need more Quick. Um, let me see here. The second footnote, the citation is fucking fake. Fake as hell. We know this because it's an article about Ash Tree Lane itself. Where the house is. Yes. Um, also, let me see. In which he claims the inherent contradiction of any claim of legend resurrection as well as the existence of that place. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Footnote 3 does reference, like, actual, like, let's like the fairies. Let's fucking talk about footnote 3, okay? Because here's the thing. Right? Let's, let me, that was spit. Let me see. Where the fuck is footnote three in the sentence? Because I. It's at the very bottom. Or, oh, I'm sorry. It's a folder keys. It's in the second uh, paragraph. Clearly it's not easy to appear credible when after vouching the film's verity, the discourse only switches to why Elvis is still alive and probably weathering in the Florida keys. 
I'm one... just talking about like the tabloid UFO y like Yeah. Here it version is version of it. Here's here's the sentence. One thing remains certain. Any controversy surrounding Billy Meyer's film on flying saucers has been supplanted by the house on Ash Tree Lane. So he's, he's basically saying like, oh, if these hoaxes are real, then this hoax must be, you know, it's, it's plausible at this point. Here are some of the fucking, fucking, <laughs> flying saucers, or for that matter, the Cottingly Fairies, which is fake, Krillian photography, fake, Ted Serio's photography, fake, or Alexander Gardner's photograph of the Union dead. Do you know what that is? You might guess. I imagine it's some soldier. The Union Dead. Think. Is it like that ghost tank photo or something? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So, do you remember when we were covering the Civil War in school, and they talked about how um, it was the first war that we got actual footage of? That's Alexander Gardner's photograph of the Union Dead. I looked it up. I was like, wait a second. So actual war That shit's fucking... I was like, wait a second. That shit's fucking real. That shit is very, in fact, real. Zimpano, are you trying to tell me that the footage from the Civil War is a fucking hoax? Do you want to throw hands? I literally... Hold on, what did I say? Let me see. Um, Bitch, what are you trying to say? That's literally what I wrote. Fuck. That shit, I was like, I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Are you comparing, like, he's putting, like, actual historical hoaxes hoaxes next to an actual historical event. Next to one of the most prolific items that lead us into modern-day journalism. Do you think Sopano was a Holocaust denier? Why would you say that? Oh, my God. Oh, my. If I find a footnote that has something something hoax footnote see also the photos from auschwitz i'm gonna fucking lose my mind i'll i'll get you'll call i'll call you i'll call you i need to turn the ac on it's hot again excuse me i'm not laughing about the holocaust audience i don't want you to think the holocaust isn't funny i'm not that kind of german i think oh my god lexi (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what the other half is. I know we left Germany during World War II. No. I don't know why. Listen, listen. The way I know you're not that kind of German is because you would have said you're Argentinian instead of German. Because hmm. all the Nazis fled to Argentina and South America. I don't think we said that. Good. Although I think some of them did. When we were trying to like track the tree, it was like a few different states, and I think there was one or two in Argentina. Maybe. Girl. But that... everyone else was like in more other states. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> I have memorabilia. Good. I yeah. sure hope there isn't. Would you submit it to a museum or would you just destroy it? I'd submit it to a museum. I mean, fucking know our history so that shit don't repeat. For real. Period. I don't want it. Let me see here. Footnote number four. That's One the. One of these days I'm going to do a history.com and I'll let you know what I find out. Thank you. Uh, let me see. Footnote number four is the arrival of Haas's input, which is written in courier text. Footnote number five is a word from the editors about... Separating Zimpiano and Haas's writing. Yes. Um, uh, source number six, footnote number six, that source is fake. Uh, footnote number seven, um, I would say is his own opinion, is Zampano's own opinion. Um, he says, 
Interpretive. Yes, arguably interpretive, especially in the case of Holloway's garbled patter, when even the subtitles appear as incomprehensible automatopoeia or just question marks. Um, this is talking about how the editing of talking about the editing of the film itself um, is uh, obviously was made by one person. And then oh, Holloway. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's one of the explorers. Mm-hmm. I just met him. Fucking pain in the ass. Pain in the ass. I hate the like. <laughs> My notes about them. I say specifically whenever I'm talking about Holloway, I like Holloway and the boys because it's him and his two little coworkers, yeah. uh, Wax and Jade or uh, Jed. Oh God, that is their names, isn't it? One of them is Wax. It's Wax and Jed. Is it Jed or Judd? I say Jed because I think it's G E D. Oh yeah. Okay. So Jed. That makes that makes sense. So instead of writing all of that, I just go Holloway and the boys. Um, and then, let me see, the Gentleman's Quarterly, uh, footnote number nine, that's a real magazine. And there is a real volume 65, except rather than being from October 1995, it's from, I believe, March. Hmm. Um, John, George Clooney is on the cover of it. It's on, it's, uh, for sale on Amazon for $14. So slightly real. Slightly real. Um, just, but the author of the article is not. So... The thing is, is that Zampano uses real, like, magazine articles, like the New Republic, um, Mademoiselle isn't real, but um, Science Magazine, that is very much real. Um, very old, too. Lots of, lots, also along with um, the New Republic. First started publishing in 1924, which is, like, s- smack in the roaring 20s. So doing cocaine and fucking writing the, writing the news. Um, but yeah. That's a, that's a chapter two. Um, going into chapter two, I think, yeah. I thought we were going, like, all through the footnotes. Oh, no, I broke it up by, chapter. yeah, by okay. the chapter and then the footnotes. That way I can foc- I can use those, I can use the footnote section to talk about Haas' stuff. Because gotcha. he talks so much. He does. He is just like our podcast, where he keeps on fucking going. <laughs> Actually, there was a part where I was like, Actually, no, there's a few times, I can talk about this, where, like, he talks about when he's gonna, like, when he mentions that he's, like, about to get funky, funky town with a girl, Yeah. but he keeps fucking talking, and eventually, I think there's another part where he has another sex scene, but he keeps fucking talking, and I wrote, I was like, oh my god, Hoss, do you even nut? When I'm doing sex, I'm not thinking this much. You need to shut the fuck up. Yeah, if you're thinking that much during sex, that's not good. That means you're not having fun. I was like, Hoss... To be fair, to be fair, I don't think Haas is having fun at all. I don't think he's had a lick of fun since this whole thing with Z started. I don't. Honestly. Um, Like, he was talking, and it was clear there was, like, sex happening, but he's, like, kind of going through it, and I'm like, oh my god, Haas, shut up. (laughs) Shut up and fuck her. Shut your whiny ass up and have sex, virgin. Shut up, nut. I don't need to know your train of thought. Either you're talking about the aftermath, which... I don't agree with you about how you're describing how that works or how it feels. I guess I know I'm not. I don't know. I, don't, I know I don't have a dick. Okay. I know it's different. Yeah. But I don't think it's that different. <laughs> I don't think it's that different. Where I'd be describing the way the things the way you are, and you're not even describing them right. You know what? We should save. Let's let's put a pin on that speculation for when we have our guest 
our guest speakers on the podcast. That's a good way to ask them. I'll be like, do you ever have a train of thought, and how would you describe sex? Would you describe it like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? No, yeah, yeah, we can ask. Because I was going to be like, wait a second, they're, but no. I know they're like... Well, no, Bryce is uh, bisexual. Ah. So I'm sure he's... I don't know. Probably. Maybe. I mean... Well, either way, they still have an input that we ourselves... Yeah, they have penile input, which we need. Would like. We don't need it. We would like it. Well, no. For the sake of fucking knowledge, we need it. (laughs) Because I was just like... I was reading through that, and I was like, oh my god, dude. Johnny, shut up. Johnny, just get some pussy. Just nut in peace. For once in your life. He can't, he's too, he has too much clarity. He doesn't even need it post-nut. He already has pre-nut fucking dilemmas. Anyways. He's got, oh God. All right, so chapter two opens with a quote from Mary Shelley. After many a Google searches, that is in fact a quote from Mary Shelley. Um, it says, the labors of men genius, however erroneously detected, scarcely ever fail in ultimately turning to the solid advantage of mankind. I did not even think about whether or not the quotes he was saying were real or not. Oh, I absolutely doubted everything this fucker told me. After I after I did that first Google search of, wait a second, the Union Dead, I know what that is. I was like, oh, this is all unreliable. Every last piece of it I mean, is unreliable. I mean, it's all fake. Yeah, but you could also argue that, like, I guess not that Poss or Santana are unreliable narrators, but they're both going through shit. Yeah, they, they're unreliable in the sense that they're not doing it on purpose. They're doing it because they're, they're fucking... going through maniac, like, episodes, yeah. and God knows whatever the fuck else they're seeing or witnessing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they've fucking been through it. Um, so, shooting first began for the Navison record in April. This is where it actually gets into, like, the content of the story itself. Yeah, like, that whole first chapter, like... It's just outline. It's just outlining like, oh yeah, this is this is how the world received it. Now this is how it was. It it came about. Okay. So, uh, shooting first began in April 1990, and Zimpano starts by saying, um, n- the Navidson record contains two films: the Navidson record, and then the film, the and then the home mo- the quote unquote home movie Navy was planning on making to begin with. He got a grant from the Guggenheim Fellowship and the NEA Media Arts. He got a grant specifically to do this film. That's how he got all those camcorders in the first place. I wondered at first, because like, I don't know if I just glanced past it and like it did not go because I'm slogging through this. Um, but yeah, he got all of those camcorders with all those high specs because of the grant that he got. Because they're, cause he's a award, oh, well, let's get it, well, let's get into him. You know, let's meet. Time to meet Will Navidson and Co. First, first up is Will, um, described by Zampano as pleasant, lean, and attractive, slowly edging through his forties. Um, someone has noted uh, in the New Republic and uh, footnote twelve, um, and the author uh, puts his age at forty-eight. Nine years older than Karen. Isn't that curious? I mean, not much. My I grandma's th- got a 14. Sorry. Seven-year difference. Yeah, but, like, they were, like, and they were adults. They were, they were adults when they first started, right? Going by the math of this, Karen, oh, well, no, Karen was 27. I was going to say, yeah, she was old enough. Yeah, okay. By the time she met Navy. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't think I know how long they you knew each other. You're those bad smut pics. You're right. That's on me. That's on me. Um, let me see here. He's a prize-winning photojournalist who won a Pulitzer Prize for his picture of a dying girl in Sudan. That part stuck out to me. I feel like I know which picture, or at least I feel like I've seen that referenced. There are a lot of pictures of dying girls in Sudan, to be fair. Because around the same time, um, at, in 1985, because, because uh, he... So, this took a lot of fucking big braining, because I was like, okay, he won a Pulitzer Prize for a dying girl in Sudan, he's been known about this for a long time, so that prob- so that picture was probably taken before 1990, so I'm thinking late 80s, I pull up a Google search, the South Sudan uprising, uprising, uh, and civil, and, uh, civil war happened in 1985, which means he would have been in that area when everything was going to shit, around 1986 1987 which is when he would have gotten the picture because that was when famine and stuff really was really swinging and hard if i'm wrong email us at we like words the podcast if you know this picture send it to us yes um the magazine or whatever of it yeah i mean also this is he's like a fake guy but odds are there probably is there's a real photographer that has at least a picture there's a lot of pictures. There's a lot of pictures. There's actually a picture that I looked up. It was called um, A Long Walk to Water. Um, I think that might have been, like, the mirror of what they're talking about here. Because that, that did win some sort of prize. I didn't look too deep into it because there is so much. I would if I did. Um, and, yeah, so that's him. He has some... He's got some shit. He's got some shit going. He's fucked up. He's fucked up. And he has a avoided attachment style, just like Karen. Karen, her name is Karen Green, which is not his wife, but his. Do- I have her as his domestic life partner. Yeah, they My- basically went that route. Like, you hear about it, but yeah. you probably really meet anyone who ever actually gets into that situation yet. Correction. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. You ever seen um Overboard? Uh, Escape Los Angeles? Um, Escape New York. <laughs> the sequel? <laughs> okay. Um, do you remember, Dirt? you ever seen Dirty Dancing? Yes. Okay, do you remember Patrick Swayze? Kurt Russell looks like him. The main guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Also, fuck Dirty Dancing. Fuck Dirty Dancing running. I hate that shit. He's 27. You know how old Baby is? Isn't she like 18 or something? 16. 16. Yeah, that was that was nice. I like that part. I mean, you know. That's the only reason that baby was dancing in the first place, because she was like, I'm fuck. shit's going down inside my uterus. I can't dance. Yeah. And he's like, fuck, I need a dance partner. Yeah, the movie was made before, or I think it, the movie itself was set before, like, Roe v. Wade took effect. So it was a back alley abortion. So she was super sick from it, and her dad's a doctor, so her dad, yeah, she was like, he's like, don't ever ask me to do this shit ever again. Thank you. I love you. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Have fun doing things. Hey, daughter. Okay. This is a weird request, but I guess I'll do it. You woke me up in the middle of the night. You're so lucky I have my doctor bag. Why the fuck would I bring that on vacation? Anyways. Because I'm a doctor. (laughs) I think that's it. I think that's literally it. The same reason that um, whenever me and Anthony are out and he sees like an old person kind of wobbly, he's like, oh, God. (laughs) He's like, fuck, I have to work. He's like, I'll help them. I really 
rather not, though. And I'm like, well, good news is, if there's ever a doctor in the house, the doctor gets called on before you. You. Yep. But you are a runner-up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Mother of Chad and Daisy was once a model with Ford Agency and is 37 years old at the time of filming. Um, with them is their Chad, who's 8 years old, doesn't approve of the move. Daisy, 5 years old, she's 5, so, you know, go figure. You ever been with, you ever been around a 5-year-old? She's happy. She's cool. Yeah, she's a baby. She's like, yay, house. I like the house. I love the house. Hooray. The house is nice. Chad is very, Chad says something. He says, um, he finds it difficult to fall asleep at night. Um, Navidson asks, is it about, is, what about the crickets? Chad shakes his head. It's not the same. I don't know. Sometimes it's just silent. No sound at all. Does that scare you? Chad nods. Why? Asks his father. It's like something's waiting. Also, um, something that also, something that I find quite funny is that, you know how, like, uh, in normal, normal, um, oh, the house is haunted. There's a demon in the house. The dog is always like, I'm not going inside. You can't make me. I'm running away. The dog and cat do not care. Actually, later on, they get mentioned briefly that, like, something kind of scares them. But they run into the hallway. That's what scares, something scares them to run into the hallway. No, they ran out of it. Oh. They ran out of the hallway and all the way to the yard. Thank you. Okay. Which is like the one and only time we see them have a reaction mostly. Yeah. Or just so far, at least. And at least what I think that footnote said or something. I think that I'm pretty sure there's a fucking footnote for saying this or not. I will definitely be um, writing. It mentions like, yeah, everyone like kind of just brush it off like no one fucking paid attention to the animals and how they react to the house which is like a number one thing to pay attention to is how animals react with things yeah also now that i think about it since chad is eight he's like old enough to like he's old enough to have he's old enough to have more complex thought yeah that's what which makes me think like what does he feel in the house because no one the adults are mostly what's focused on Mm -hmm. daisy is so young that obviously she doesn't think quite the in the horror. The kids play in that hallway. Yeah, but then I wonder, like, you know, when you're eight, like, sometimes you do allow things to go over you, and then sometimes it, like, hits you, and you're like, wait a minute. I think we'll be seeing more of Chad in later chapters because of how sensitive, so because of how sensitive he is from Jump. Um, yeah. Um, that's also something that I, that I w- w- would like to t- talk about a, a little later. Um, so yeah, it's Chad, Daisy, Karen Green, uh, Will, Navy, and then their dog, I think, Gordo, and then their cat, Mallory, I think that's what it was, Um, Sylvan and Mallory, it's something S and then Mallory. If you find it, let me know. (laughs) They barely get mentioned, honestly. Like, the animals really are not mentioned in here, I almost sometimes forget they're there. Seriously! Like... They really barely get talked about. Fuck those animals. Um, so, the real reason why they moved is, like, I say it in less... I'm sh- they say it a different way, but it's mostly be- it's because of Karen. I don't, want, I don't like to say it like that, putting the blame on her. It's because of Will, but it's because of Karen. Um, she gave Will an ultimatum. Be a photographer. Oh. Hillary. Hillary. It's the husky's name because it's the Baron Husky. And Mallory is the tabby cat. Thank you. Now, Hillary is the is the girl, and Mallory is the boy. Yes. Um. They're both boys. 
They are? Hillary is a boy. I thought one of them was a girl. And Mallory is also a boy. Oh. And this, they're both him pronouns. Okay. That's hilarious. Um, let me see here. Da, 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 da. So they kind of have like feminish. Well, Hillary, yeah. Mallory. Mm. I feel like I've heard guys could be meaning that. I have no idea. You ever met a guy named Mallory? I met a guy named Sandy. Well, that was in a movie, but you know. <laughs> I met a guy in a movie. <laughs> I mean, you do meet him. That's how. That's how it comes about. Uh, so she gives, Karen gives Will an ultimatum of either being a professional, being a photographer, or being a father and husband, for lack of a better word, husband. Yeah, which to be fair, he also, like, would be like, hey babe, I'm gonna, like, you know, go do this photography for a week, and he'd fuck off for, like, three months or something. Literally, yes, that's correct. He said, I'll be gone for ten days. Ten, or not even ten days. It was six. Yeah, it was, like, almost. Less than a a week. And then he was gone for months. Yeah. So like, she's like, hey. She's sick of it. She's absolutely sick of it at this point. Because she wants she, she's the only one who gave up her career. Let's not forget. She's the one who gave... She could have stayed in the talent in, in the talent industry and gone from model to agent or agent to manager or manager to fucking running her own talent agency to begin with. But she didn't. She went straight from being a, mo- from being a model to being a mom. And Navy... Didn't even give her the fucking time of day to even do that. So rather than, you know, picking, he's like, ¿Por qué no más dos? Why can't I do both? And decides to move his entire family from, uh, did they say, Chicago, what was it Chicago? I think. They like they left the city. They left the city to go move into suburbia, which is Ash Tree Lane. I don't think they say, I think it's, it's not even fully suburbia. I think it's like. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's like one of those like. I want to say there's probably, like, houses somewhat, like, down the street, but there's, like, a good amount of distance between you and your neighbor. Like, there's land in between or yeah, something. Yeah, That's the vibe that I get of they, this uh, place. They haven't even interact. I don't even think... Do they say what state Ash Tree Lane is? I was always thinking it of, like, up... They as Like, upstate New York. Where, um, hang on. Phone's number. I always thought it was, like, upstate New York. When they talk about how they miss the sound of a taxi. Like, they went from the city to, to like, the countryside. Like, Small house in the country. Yeah, no gunfire, famine, or flies. Just lots of toothpaste, gardening, and people stuff. Right? That's why he wanted to put, he wanted to write a, film a story about how people settle in to a new place and put down new roots. That was the whole point. Um, he for this for this he uses high eight camcorders posted strategically around the house, so like at entryways, in hallways, um, and all over. And when I first started, I was like, oh, it's like this is like pseudo fucking Jersey Shore. This is pseudo Big Brother, right? Turns out at the same time, wait a second. Wait a second. No, I'm right. I'm right. This precedes the first, like, actual reality TV show. Because real MTV's Real World, which is from 1992, I looked this up already, 1992 to 2017, um, they had that, you know, reality CCTV type stuff. Navidson, with his camcorders all over the place, precedes that. 
and also paranormal activity. One, two, three, four, five, and six. I think, doesn't he have his cams, like, kind of motion activated? Because they're not yes. constantly recording. The... It's more like as soon as someone kind of goes into a place. Yes, let me see here. He doesn't have them everywhere, but we're like, I don't think they're in the fucking bathroom or something. Yeah, quote, nothing, for instance, like the constant eye of CCTV systems routinely installed in local banks or lavish equipment and multiple camera operators required on MTV's real world. The whole effort would seem very home movie-ish at best, were it not for the fact that Navidson is an exceptionally good golf director. Blah, blah, blah yada, yada. Uh, let me see here. Instead, he hunts for moments, pearls of the particular, an unexpected phone call, a burst of laughter, or some snippet of a conversation which might elicit from us an emotional spark and perhaps even a bit of human understanding. So he's trying to, he is trying to capture the mundane. You know, kids running from one room to the next, you know, uh, Karen talking about, talking on the phone or about some whatever the fuck, right? And also, he gives Karen, also, only him and Karen get this, by the way. He get he gives her her own personal camcorder. To use for photo diaries. To use for photo diaries. Nowadays, we have an actual word for this because of reality TV. We It's called a confessional. So, like, there's a whole room, like, you know when it's, like, keeping up with the Kardashians and, like, something happens and then My Kim goes... is total drama island. Okay, yeah, exactly. That, them being in that, that's a confessional, even though it's a bathroom. <laughs> Um, so in these confessionals, though Navy starts out, you know, easygoing and blah, 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 Karen is the one who actually talks about the shit going on. Like, she's the one who brings up the fact that, um, you know, she talks about how she's worried about growing old, she's worried about this, she's worried about that, like, she's actually treating it like a diary. And Navy, obviously, the one who's in charge of it, I feel like he's doing... Like, he's putting up this facade in the initial ones to be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> everything's everything's okay, everything's cool. I don't feel too much like that, like, not fully facade, more just like, the way he's treating his diary is a lot more like, he knows what it's going to be kind of about, so he approaches it way differently versus Karen, who's just like, yeah, I took a big shit the other day. You know what, they don't talk about how Kaylin felt about the move to begin with. How Karen felt about it? Yeah. Because he didn't pick. He combined the two. And she said, you can be a photojournalist or you can be a dad. He did both. So with this move and with all the cameras, he's doing both. I think they both do it, though. Because when they talk about it, they both talk about how this move was for their relationship. Like, they're like, we moved over here because it'll help us. Connect. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's kind of both. Yeah, I guess I guess he was like he's like how about this, babe? You know, well let's let's move. I got a grant from this place, and we can do a documentary. And that okay. seems like a compromise kind of thing. Like, hey, let's go move to this small countryside. It's gonna be just us. Yeah. The big hustle and bustle. I think when I reread this, I kind of put that lens of he's being fucking inconsiderate because it said compromise, and I was like, com- I felt I felt like at the time compromise is a bit much of a it's a big bit of a word because I feel like there's the way it gets tossed around. Yeah. Because there are compromises. Me and Anthony have had to do them. But there's a difference between compromising and compromise, uh, quote-unquote, and in reality, it's one of you just taking charge of how it's going to be. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want a wraparound porch. He wants a townhouse. Why don't we compromise and get a wraparound porch? Like, I've seen that meme a lot. So I was like, eh, you know. But this, yeah, like, talking about it now, it it is like an actual compromise. Um, and then going into another one thing that 
they touch on with this is how Karen is both, she wants to love Will with her whole heart, but she refuses to show it off. She refuses to wear her heart on her sleeve in front of him. There's a part where she plays it cool with him. Exactly. Let me see. Um, so she's making, she's with the kids and they're doing crafts in the living room. It's like page 12. Uh, yes. She still, quote, she still cannot resist looking out the window every couple of minutes. The sound of a passing truck causes her to glance away. Even if there's no sound, the wait of a hundred seconds always turns her head. Although clearly a matter of opinion, blah, 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 yada, yada. Yeah. So once she hears him come through the door, she's, she's up. She's already up. She excitedly fucking beelines for that door. Enough that she, like, shouts back when I think... It's an after... She, her leaving her kids unattended, realizing she left her kids unattended, is an afterthought. Daisy... Because Daisy calls and she's like, Mom! Because she's asking about scissors or something. Yes. And instead, she's just like, Chad, watch her sex star. Like, Daisy, don't do this. And then Daisy's like, hee-hee-hee. And I think she does end up, like, cutting her finger or something. But it, like, cuts out of that. Yeah, so what happens is, um... But then she, like, soothes everything as soon as, like, before she gets to the door. She's, like, composing herself. Exactly. So she goes, she gets up. As she's going, she thinks, oh, fuck, I'm leaving my kids alone with fucking sharp things. So she goes, Chad, watch your sister. And then because she's five, she's like, eh. And she's like, okay, can you also watch your brother for me, be a sport? And she's like, <laughs> right? So, and then she ends up getting her finger nicked. Um, at this point... This is where we see our first footnote. Um, our first Haas footnote. Where he really gets into it. Where, yeah. Um, at this point, the footnotes are fake. Haas won't stop fucking talking about stupid dumb shit. I literally wrote shut up Haas for footnote 11. What does that say real quick? Oh yeah, not the first and definitely not the last time Zimpano applies that the neighbors and recommend exists. Yeah, the whole premise of the book is that it fucking exists. Haas fucking smack him up against the head um yeah and then so do you want to talk about the Haas footnote real quick those first couple of pages I'm sorry these fucking five pages yeah um, in this, so this in is when he's telling footnote, his story. Yeah, footnote 18 starts off with him complaining about having no hot water. Um, Huss, is this your diary? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's like he he's going to start with something. He's like, man, there's no hot water. You know when, like, you get up and there's no hot water? Like, he's going to go into something. Yeah. But instead he breaks off into this story about the birds of paradise and lying to girls, which... Did I write something about that? Oh, yeah. I sworn I did. He... I think I said something like, he told a whole story and still got no bitches. Yes. He tell... He's he's talking about how he went to a bar with his friend Lude, and how his friend Lude likes to do this thing where he's like, hey, tell him about how you used to work, blah, blah, blah. Like, they make up stories basically to attract girls. Yeah, and... And Lude will set him up. He's like, hey, remember when you were, like, a boxer? Like, they play off each other. They improvise. Yeah, they're their own improv group, which is hilarious, and why they get, and probably why they get no bitches. Because, like, the funniest thing is that, um, like, one of the key, one of the golden rules about lying is the less detail, the better. Because when you're telling the truth, 
You don't need to supplant all of these fucking details. Supplant is not the word I was trying to use. That is not right. Um, rather, like... Mix in the details? Yeah, you don't need to add 10,000 details to a story when you're telling the truth. Because you just go, oh yeah, I did this, then I did that, then I did that. When you're lying, and when you're, and because you're trying to justify the lie to yourself, you will keep adding on information. So, obviously, this fucking dumbass story with birds and shit is a fucking lie. These girls know that they're, odds are, these girls know that they're fucking bullshitting them. Because why the fuck? Steven says at some point, he's like, I don't know why the fuck I was lying, but he does have, like, a crowd of girls. Like, even though he think I think he mentions he thinks some of the girls might think it's fake, but everyone, even Lude, is enjoying the story regardless. Like, they're enjoying his tall tale. Yeah. Because he's getting into it. So they're like, oh, this guy's fucking... This guy can... Like, storytelling. This guy can spin a yarn. Yeah, uh, so, like, they're enjoying it. Like, none of them decide they want to fuck him. Yeah. Good for them, though, because... But they still all crowd around, and they're like, oh, story time. Story time. I love story time. Yeah, because, like, also, real quick, what the fuck is this guy with all of his experience with Russian whatever the fuck and Birds of Paradise? What's he doing at a bar here? That's the question. I mean... What's he doing here? Why don't you show up in bars in general? Why would you? Those places suck. Um, let me see here. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, like, at the very end, he's like... If only any of it were true, I mean, we'd all be lucky to wind up a punching bag and still find our crate full of birds of paradise. No such luck with this crate. Let the cold water run. It's gonna warm up eventually, right? Like, he finally returns to the warm water in the shower situation, and he's like, ah, I'll just shower. I'll just shower in the cold water. Maybe it'll get warm. Yeah. It's like, you could have just been like, no hot water. I guess if I let it run, it'll get warm. No, he has to go on his whole fucking tangent. Yeah. Oh my god. He's uh, the reason that I started having two bookmarks. Because that way, I could bookmark when the fuck his story started and when we're still talking about the fucking Davisons. Yeah. Um, because that's when everything starts blending together. Yeah. She's also a slut. Footnote 19. Oh yeah. Jesus criminy. Oh my god. Yeah, as soon as they mention, like, about Karen, like, in her attraction for Navy or whatever, the next three paragraphs are like, she's a fucking she used to do cocaine and credit card limits. She was a model. It was the 80s. Of course she did cocaine. And now she blurbs about her weight and her children and how much she loves Navy. Navy was rich. Yeah, she's a fucking middle-aged woman with kids. Apparently that's coming from her sister, I think. Is it? Uh... No, no, no. It's Leslie Buckman. She was in... She, she's, uh, she's the one who did the collection of essays. Okay. I don't I even think, think she... Else her sister comes up. Oh no, she has an estranged sister. That. Accusations from the tabloids, reputable. Oh yeah, Karen in particular was decimated by a vituperative stream. Don't clue what that word means. Of accusation from the tabloids, reputable reviewers, and even an estranged sister. So her sister literally came out of the woodwork. Her s- Karen might be dead. Her sister came out of the woodwork. Karen's just, you know, maybe gone, doing her little photo diary, and a bunch of people were like, this fucking slut. I really feel like they came at Karen for no reason. They did. I can't. They saw a, a past model, now not fully wife, and they were like, fuck this. Literally. Um, let me see. What are they Which s- it does seem like she does have some slight uh, commitment issues, like you said, but at the same time, like, goddamn. 
I feel like part of her hiding her feelings is because the way Navy is, she doesn't like want to scare him off. Another thing that gets at me is that people, or at least at this at this part, they talk about how Karen is very promiscuous. And let me see here. Karen hardly gave up the promiscuous behavior that marked her 20s. She only became more discreet, right? And then, for whatever reason, um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, people wanted to focus a lot on the fact, like, outside of the film, people wanted to focus a lot on the fact that Karen is a little wee-wee, you know? And then have a whole page about how Karen constantly notices how <coughs> excuse me got a little tickle in my throat how David or I'm sorry Navidson that that shit always I keep calling him David that's why I'm going with Navy yeah Navy that's why everyone else nicknames him later on yeah uh, Navy keeps dreaming and saying calling out Delial in his sleep now, have you heard anything from what you've gone to as far as Delial? Because I don't think they talk about her at no, all. she has not come up yet. Okay. Yeah. And so, Karen is like, oh, he keeps bringing up this fucking Delial guy. What the absolute fuck? I hate that shit. That shit pisses me off. And so, we start this move-in with, with some initial contention to begin with. The relationship on the fritz. The kids who, one nicks himself with scissors, the other has trouble sleeping at night. The the only people who are relatively okay in this house are the cat and the dog at this point because they aren't mentioned at all. Yeah. Then, after some move-in, after some time settling, you know, everything, you know, is fine again, right? Thought, thought to be fine. And that's how chapter two closes. With chapter three, I didn't have... Time to do my proper notes, so bear with me. Um, but the it chapter three opens up with two quotes this time. One in what looks to be Hebrew, yes, because it's Exodus. Um, and then one from Dorothea Lange. It is no accident that the photographer becomes a photographer any more than the lion tamer becomes a lion tamer. Um, and then the Second quote is in Hebrew, which I cannot read, but the translation says, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and free the Israelites from Egypt? Um, Moses said to God. Yes, Moses said that to God. When, if you remember Prince of Egypt, the movie The Prince of Egypt. You didn't watch The Prince of Egypt? No. Ah, oh, man. I'm not even religious, but that movie slapped so fucking hard. That? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If no, I know I, it slaps. That's the premise I get, but I've just never sat down to watch it. Oh my god! You know, if I find it, I we will we can absolutely watch it together because that. Uh, 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 fuck! Fuck the fuck the religious shit. I literally don't care. Moses can get it every day of the week. Here, him and his brother. Here, not his like actual brother, his adopted brother. Period. Spoiler alert: Moses is adopted. <laughs> Um, right? So, let me see here. <laughs> this also opens, like, right with Pops talking about, like... Yeah, because... Again, again translated by Sinclair. Yeah, um, but I, why should I go there and who grants it? I am not Aeneas, I am not Paul. Um, 
Aeneas, they're talking about um, the guy who founded Rome. Uh, yeah, because the story goes is that Aeneas was a soldier from the city of Troy, and then before he left, Priam gave him the sword of Troy, and he left with it and founded Rome, and he had his two sons, Romulus and Remus. He died. They were orphans. They got adopted by a wolf, blah, blah, blah. Um, Paul, I think, I literally just looked this shit up about Paul, too, which is so aggravating. Um, I think his whole thing was, like, um, a t him being a teacher and teaching the stories of, like, Jesus and stuff. And then he got, he got martyred because of that. So, Dante is asking in this line, why should I go to hell why should I go to purgatory? I'm not a founder of a nation. I'm not a teacher of the word, right? Um, and then Haas doesn't fucking talk about that shit at all. No, he just starts talking about like, what is he saying? The question, well, the part, so he goes, a question I'm often asking myself these days, which is he mentioned, like, why should I? The, why should I go there? Who grants it? Not the, Paul part. Yeah. Because but I mean, it's just like, why the fuck did I go to Sopano's apartment with Lou? Why the fuck did Lou call me? Why did he do any of that? That fucking bitch ass. He's like, why the fuck does he always make me tell stories? Mm hmm. Um, and at this. There's like another story where he's like, I lied about how I got certain scars. Or mm. like, the story of how he gets them to show off to girls. Two year stint in a martial arts cult made up entirely of Koreans living in Idaho. Who on the la Udo, who on the last day of my initiation into their now defunct brotherhood made me pick up a scalding metal lock using only my bare forearms. What the fuck kind of life did Hoth is he just like super uh uh impressionable? That's kind of the vibe of <laughs> Like he just he'll just eat anything up. How do you even get recruited into that kind of cult in the first place? He did. That's a popular story of his. Oh, I'm so sorry. Bro. <laughs> He's mentioning here how, like, he who can guess why Lou and I ended up friends? I think it's because he recognizes I'm game for any mishap he has in mind. Such as how Lou likes to throw him plenty of props, like stories. Like, hey, remember when you slept, when you were 18 and you slept in every whorehouse in Rome? Mm. And then Hoss carries on. He's like, oh, yeah. And, like, he carries a story. Like, they both love that about each other. Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole, like, Japanese martial arts cult. Because that's just another story. Because he has some scars on his arm. And then dude's like, oh, he got that because he was in a cult. And then Hoss is like, yeah, it was like a Japanese arts cult in Idaho. Pushing this girl at the bar. And they're like, comprised, comprised entirely of Koreans. Yeah. God help me. How's she going to fact check? Literally, like... They ain't got Google yet. Yeah, it's defunct now anyways. <laughs> Good luck finding it. Oh, my God. All right, let me see here. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so through through this um, uh, footnote, he, said, he says we actually get a timestamp as to how far he's had these words, how far he's had the story. It's March now, late March. Three months have gone by since Lude called me up that night. Three months since I dragged away a black, unremarkable paint-splattered trunk um, built in Utica, New York. Special thanks to the company. Blah 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 blah. Yada yada. 
He's also tried publishing it multiple times. Over 200 rejection letters from various literature journals, houses, and a few words of discouragement from prominent professors in the East Coast universities. No one wanted the old man's words, except me. Except me. And I relate to Haas in this aspect. Mm. I'm a sucker for abandoned stuff, misplaced stuff, forgotten stuff, any old stuff. Who, despite the light of progress and all that, still vanishes every day like shadows at noon, blah blah. This man and me would have loved to go antiquing together. Trink- all I can say. Trinket. I literally have a fucking nut that I found on a walk that belonged to a car that I just have on my altar. And then a smaller nut. Don't know where that went. I think it's I think it's for that bookshelf that it's on. Don't know where. I used all this. I, I, I hate when I have screws left over for a fucking project. That shit stresses me out. Well, it's... usually they give you, like, extras in case. In case I lose one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, every build thing usually comes with at least one or two extras, just in case if while you're doing it, one, like, scatters underneath your sofa, you can have an extra one instead of having to dig under your sofa for it. True. Uh-huh. I feel like Hoss would have been really fun to go uh, antique shopping with. He would have definitely been interested in, like, creepy-ass old shit that I'd be like, Hoss, don't buy that. That's definitely haunted. He wouldn't listen. Take a ghost home. He wouldn't listen. No, because he'd be like, but it's sad. But it's so sad here. And I'd be like, Haas. Look how sad he is. It's like a clown. Like it's like those little porcelain. Porcelain. Clouds. Like with the with the porcelain head and then like the, the ragdoll body. I'd be like, you are going to get so haunted. That is not coming in my car. I dead ass can't stand you, Johnny. Legitimately. Um, That's what he is. And I, I relate in that aspect. Yeah. Would I have taken an old person's scattered writings and shit after they died? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, if I had room for a trunk, like, I mean, I'd, I'd take it. Cause if it was as baller as Sopano's apartment sounded, yeah, I probably also would have done the same thing and be like, I'd take the, I'd take those books. I'd learn how to read Braille. I would I take. Know what he was reading. I'd take that trunk. I what? Oh no, he was reading. Yeah. Like, in that blind, in what if it's like where it's like. Um, what was it, like a Playboy magazine, but it's in brown? So they give it to the friend, and they're like, (gasps) (laughs) Like, you see him just, like, feeling their hand, like, (gasps) Oh my god, that's so funny. It's like a joke TikTok, but I fucking love those. Let me see. I want to know what titties in Braille are like. Um, like titties in real life? Bumps. But in the shape of a T. But in the shape of the T. <laughs> it's just like, like you're following the outline of the boob, and you're like, oh, and then you find the nipple, <gasps> and you're like, oh, this one, this one means A. Uh, let me see. Dee, 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 dee. Let me make sure I got everything on this part. Uh huh. House Mastery Lane. Oh, here it is. Aha. Uh-huh. Hold on. They actually talk. They finally talk about the freaking agent. The agent. Uh, page... Sorry, I just want to mention, we're almost to three hours. Oh, gosh. Should, do you want to stop here? I mean, what's up to you? We can have an extra one. No, we can't. Where are we at? We're only at 23. We're taking a little too long. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we can finish... Well, we're almost done with this little part here. Mm. At least. Is this well, the end of the chapter? Yeah, because after Hoss is dang, then it pretty much, like, yeah. ends. Okay. So we can stop, like... There, we just have to remember where we left off. Yes. Damn, right. only page 24. Fuck, dude. This is such... This is... I told you. This is going to be our season. This book is our season. We've made this commitment. I'm so happy about I'm it. put a tab somewhere 
make sure we know we left off on 24. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me see here. I'll just... Oh, silly me. It's, it's over here. Okay. Uh, I'll take you to use this one. So yeah, so, uh, but the realtor, but yeah, so the realtor talks, they, people managed to get a hold of her. Um, she reveals that the house had approximately 1.37 owners every year, most of whom were traumatized in some way, considering the house was supposedly built back in 1720. Uh, quite a few people have slept and suffered within those walls. If the house were indeed the product of psychological agonies, it would have it would have to be the collective product of every inhabitant's agonies. So, um, with that, we can probably assume that it's somewhere on the East Coast, most likely not Chicago, uh, probably New York, if I had to guess, because like country. It, yeah, country, countryside in New York, um, upstate most likely, like Albany time, Albany well, town. Sure. I guess they didn't really say they moved like states; they just like moved out of the city. So yeah. Uh, that trap, that, and that, and considering the house is as old as it is, um, there's absolute, there was absolutely settlements up there at some point. Um, or if anything, it's like Massachusetts, because you know Boston, the city, moving out, moving out of Boston. I don't want to say it sounds hard. I don't want to say it's not hard, but moving from city to country does not seem as hard as it is as in New York, because all of the city is concentrated at the very bottom, and then the rest of the state is like. Country. I remember how like Boston felt when I like visited my aunt. He's an aunt, I guess. Yeah, sure. My mo- my grandpa's adopted mom. So take that as you will, or stepmom. Grandpa's adopted mom. Grandpa's stepmom. Step grandma. Step great grandma. That sounds about right. Yeah. We went to go visit her. She's still alive. Yeah. Oh wow! How old she is she? Was. Oh. She was young. His dad. Oh, we're fighting his dad? <laughs> no, it was just like. Did I tell you about that family reunion where, like, my grandpa was talking about, like, how one of his brothers is literally my dad's age? Because his dad, like, fucked in, like, his late 60s or something with some young lady. You did tell me that. Yeah. Yes. So my grandpa was like, I got that letter that I had a new baby brother, and I fucking lost it. Yeah, because he just had his son. Like, between... Could you imagine having an uncle the same age as you? Oh my god, your dad does have an uncle the same age as you. He does. Oh my... Wow. I wonder what that's like. We should get him a... You know, would you ever... Well, not, not my age. No, no, of that's course. Dad, yeah, dad, you, you, you your dad's age, yeah. Um, would you ever want any of your parents to be on the pod like this? I feel like mom. Yeah? Not that dad would be against, but I don't feel like it would be a super long episode to talk about. It's tough, yeah. You can just sit and listen. Sit pretty. Um. All right. Uh, I do want to cover uh, Davidson's childhood real quick. Yeah. Uh, before we finish up, that way we can kind of get a feel for the fucking dog shit that happens later. Um. So first, he has a twin brother. I believe they're fraternal twins. Cause no. Oh, I'm sorry. It's never brought up. It's never mentioned as to whether they're 
maternal or fraternal, or identical fraternal. Um, but his dad was a abusive alcoholic who was bringing his who shuttled his family around the United States every two to three years, and his mom left them just disappeared. His mom left them to be an actress. It's like there's better things. Fuck those kids. Legitimately fuck those kids. Um, and then his dad just kind of fucked off. Uh, I'm sorry, no. His dad died. Of congestive heart failure. Congestive, yep. That's what happened. I hope that happens to every abusive fuck who drinks ten fucking, ten beers a night. Um, die of congestive heart failure or get better. Those are your only two choices, bitch. And then the mom just finished. She was last seen in a bar smoking cigarettes and talking about the moonlight. Why you can find so much of it in Hollywood. And then neither Will nor his twin brother Tom ever heard from her again. And then... Dee, 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 dee. Oh, yeah. I wonder how successful she was in the actor business. I don't feel she was. I don't think she was at all. Because we'd never hear about her again. They don't even... There's footnotes mention anything, I think, about her very much. The footnote 27 just talks about, like, a time. Oh. Maybe in a dad experience, but... Yeah, um, there's actually a little snippet about um, their father that says, uh, Michelle Nadine Goats talk, recalls how on one occasion, Navidson's father climbed onto the hood of the family's recently purchased car, used a thermos to crack up the windshield, and uh, by crack up, they mean just break it. Not break through it. Just do it enough so yeah. that it splinters the glass, which is so fucked. Um, then marched back into the kitchen, picked up a, fa- a pan full of sizzling pork chops, and threw it against the wall. Timmy Broska, who used to babysit both brothers, uh, I'm sorry, Terry Boroska, who used to babysit both brothers, remembers how every so often Navison's father would vanish, sometimes for up to five weeks at a time, without telling his family where he was going or when he might return. Inevitably, when he did come back, typically after midnight or early in the morning, sitting in his truck, waiting for them to wake up, since he had either left his key or lost it, there would be a few days of warmth and reconciliation. Eventually, though, oh, I'm sorry, Tony Navidson would return to his own moods and his own needs, forcing Will and Tom to realize they were better off just trying to keep clear of his father. And then I like how the other footnotes go into, like, the psychology of, like, children and not being cared for enough and kind of what it does to them. Oh, yeah. You ever, you ever experience emotional neglect? Shit's rough. So weird. And then both Tom and Navy had different approaches to it. Yeah, Tom was like, Tom became, you know, old town boy. You know, yeah, I'm just hanging out, doing my thing, smoking weed, minding my business. And also, one thing that pisses me off is that Will, or Navy, like, has some weird shit about Tom smoking weed. Meanwhile, Karen did fucking coke. Karen did coke! Yeah, but I think it's because it's around their house where the kids can see. Because I think during that part, he, like, Tom steps out, but I think one of the kids almost, like, wants to follow him. And maybe he's like, don't do that further away. Because then I think Tom moves away more into the yard. Like, he goes and puts himself some distance. Karen ain't doing lines in the kitchen while she's cooking up the kids' breakfast. There's a difference between past and the kids seeing something now. True. Like I was so like I would be so upset if my niece and nephew saw me vaping or smoking weed. I feel I'd actually feel like shit if they caught if they caught me doing that. 
Okay, well, yeah. Well, that maybe also just, like, you know. Also, Tom doesn't give a shit. Tom has a very laissez-faire attitude about basically everything. He's like, you know, I just do me. I worry about mine. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I'm just hanging out, doing me. And honestly, valid. Valid and fair. Um, yeah. I do like, well, I don't know if you have anything else to mention, but I like the last part of this chapter where it asks the two questions. Why Navidson and why not someone else? Hmm. What are the... Here's my question in response to that. Who else could it have been? Well, they mentioned in here, like, we have to revisit two questions. Why Navison? Considering the practical history of the house, it's inevitable someone like Navison would eventually enter those rooms. Why not someone else? Considering his own history, talent, and emotional background, only Navison could have gone as deep in he, as he did and still successfully brought that vision back. This is what, this is what um, loops back together to the quote from Moses talking to God. Like, why me? I am not Aeneas. I am not Paul. But in this instance, Navidson is. He's assumingly the only person could have, who could have done this. He has, like, just the right amount of, like, he is just trauma, the... risk-taker, skill to explore. Photography skill. Um... He has, like, all the right, like, amount of traits he, and other flaws that make him want to dive into the house. Where everyone else... It's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm, actually. Because they have the whole, you know, uh, Navidson and his stuff, and then Karen and her stuff. Especially with the claustrophobia bit. Like, do you think those doors and those hallways would have still been in the dark had Karen not have a fear of dark and enclosed spaces? I mean, it's, well, it seems like the first hallway was pitch black anyways. So I don't know if the house is just always seemingly like that. Because it seems to be. It seems like it itself just absorbs light. Mm. Like uh, Vanta Black. Yeah. Foreshadowing. I'm sorry? Foreshadowing. Mm. Mm. Read that chapter. I will. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's the end of chapter three. Uh, I think we can leave it there. We, I would like to get back to... I would like to recover Chapter 3 when we get back up. That way I'll have like all the notes that I need. Um, and then we can keep going from there. Uh, yeah. So we're finishing at page 23. That gives you guys enough time to read it and get back to us. We will get back to you um, later. In the next episode, this was primarily book club. And this will be book club for quite a while as well. Yeah, so what do we want to name this episode, by the way? House of, just like House of Leaves Deep Dive. We can, and oh. it'll start it. Yeah. And then from there, we'll figure that out. Yeah. Sorry, audience, you don't, you don't need to be here for this. Why are you still here? Go away. Get out of here. Get out of here, crazy kids. Anyways, that's Lexi. That's Ox. And this is Tear Gremlins on Brain Cell Book Club Edition. I'm a